Welcome to Stage Crunchy and Milk. If you have questions or comments, we have multiple ways we can be reached. Twitter is, of course, the best way for those that need instant gratification. And the show's Twitter feed is at SkimPod, S-K-I-M-P-O-D. Stage Crunchy. For the more patient amongst you, the email address for the show is podcast at stagecrunchyandmilk.com. Crunchy again being spelled with a K. Crunchy. Hey, feel free to give us a call at 216-264-6311. That's 216 216- 264-6311. We're available by Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, anywhere. Fine podcasts are available. And of course, it's the website, stagecrunchymilk.com. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share wherever possible, including on YouTube, where we can now be found at Stays Crunchy. And over on Twitch, we're still Stays Crunchy in Milk. Our personal Twitters are Tatum216, Lunchbox2099. And I'm your host, the internet's Tayrail 713. Stays crunchy, stays crunchy, stays crunchy, stays crunchy, stays crunchy, stays crunchy. Angela Bassett not winning the Academy Award this past Sunday makes me not love everything everywhere all at once as much as I do. I oh, love no. the movie. I mm-hmm. love the movie, but that pisses me off that they fucking disrespecting uh, Angela Bassett by not uh, giving her award. That they should have gave her for what's love got to do with it. They definitely should have gave her for Wakanda Forever. And Malcolm X, probably. Well, yeah, so on and so on. It's like all these yep. movies that, that, that she should have uh, been nominated and awarded for, and it bothered me that they don't do that. And then there was a did I see you that TikTok. This lady was reading this Entertainment Weekly article about. Mm-hmm. Oh, you oh, okay. might have. I've been. Um, I've been checking. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's um. Uh, Entertainment Weekly does these articles, and they interviewed a Academy voter, mm-hmm. but they let him uh, be of uh, incognito. Basically, you know what I'm saying? They let it be uh, anonymous. Like and- the dudes that tell the, the tales about magic. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> we'll be in that vein. But he was just letting it all fly and basically like, I don't fuck with the woman king and, and, and or Viola Davis because she thinks she should win. Mm. So that's why I wouldn't make sure they voted. And that one girl who they said they they fucked around with and kind of got her and kind of forced her to get a nomination. I mean, maybe she's more interested or whatever. It was basically just so much racism, sexism, and everything else ism in that article. And this is a voting actor, so this is somebody who actually is somebody in Hollywood who is an actor, mm-hmm. and that's how that's how he has his voting power because you either have won one or you uh, have been enough been enough nominated. shit or nominated, yeah, to become an Academy member. And I'm like, bitch, what? And it just was like the most. It was upsetting. Let me see if I can. I wonder if I, if I can find. If I'm talking about, I should probably have the article to put in the show notes. Yeah, like everybody, I didn't realize so many people got into it. This is a particular article is from uh, the uh, AV Club. Mm-hmm. Formerly the Onion AV Club. Uh, anonymous Oscar ballot unmasked the Academy. One anonymous actor telling the Woman King team to sit down, shut up, and relax suggests Whoa. an insidious attitude inside of the Academy. This is Mary Kate Carr. Again, like I told you at the AV Club. And uh see if I can find you some of these uh, choice, uh, choice little uh, quotes. Uh... What he, he said, something, he, in fact, you know what the thing about he said something whack about Jamie Lee Curtis. He said basically Jamie Lee Curtis only got nominated because she took her girdle off and showed people her belly, and told <laughs> people her fat her, her fat belly. And I'm the like, shame. y'all, y'all wild. So it's like that dude. He was he was on one man. So, but it's the undercurrent of racism in the actors' remark that seemed to be most revealing about the Academy. 
As much as the institution has paid lip service to diversifying itself in the past few years, the nominations still skew largely white and male with no black artists in major categories like lead actor, actress, directing, cinematography, etc. If the Academy reflects the re- reflect the perspective of the institution and the institution is a given and anonymous voice in the actor, the Academy has bent over backwards to be inclusive. He complains last year, there were more black people presenting. This is what he's arguing is, is, is bending over backwards, having more black people present. It's like, that shit, like I said, if I can find you the whole article, I'll, I'll give you that, but also we'll give you the link to this this particular one. That shit was a wow. It's like, man. And so it just seems, it do seem, it, just, it seems like what we've been saying forever is honestly God kind of true. These motherfuckers is racist. And they don't respect people of color in most situations. And so I'm just like, yeah, it's, it's just it's the wackest, man. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel like um, when I never forget when um, it was a work situation and um, one of my partner's co-workers, they were talking about the Trayvon Martin case, which you shouldn't be talking about that shit at work anyway. And then like um, one of her co-workers like uh, this is where I, I guess the decision came down she was like, wasn't that years ago? Like, just flipping about it. I'm like, it seems like their attitude towards anything that's not in their direct purview is irrelevant. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter what the subject matter is. It does. It's like it's multifaceted hatred. <laughs> and like, he was just like, it's it's almost like laughable at this point. Not quite yet. But almost (laughs) it's just like, oh, that again. Oh, that's what it is again. Um, And yeah, I I didn't watch the Oscars. Like I I checked my feed later on, but it's just like, I don't, um, the Oscars and the Grammys, I don't really, it's just not something I really um, watch or care to to watch anymore. Somebody said, (laughs) all of Black Hollywood, so just on that night, just go hang out at Quincy Jones' house, have a big (laughs) old party, and just don't even show up at the Oscars no more, no matter what, even if they nominate. Just be like, fuck it, I'll be over here kicking it with my people. And I'm just like, "Mm, that's kind of real. Yeah, and it uh, like Denzel and Spike Lee were uh, at the game right down the street. (laughs) With each other, not, what? Yeah, yeah, not, 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 not fucking with. Yeah, being absolutely unbothered, and I should be, um, I shouldn't be. I just feel like he's disrespectful to Angela Bassett, and I was like, and then people was talking about like, well, not people. It was just one woman who wrote Angela Bassett should learn to be respectful or whatever the fuck because she didn't, uh, I guess, look celebratory when uh, when when uh, uh. Jamie Lee Curtis won. And I'm like, what the fuck is she supposed it, to do, bro? It's okay to be disappointed and shit. Like, um, you know, it was it was tough. She she and many other people thought she should win. And then yeah. even on the um on the stage, Michael B. Jordan was like, hey auntie, give yep. a little nod to her. So yeah. yeah. I mean yeah, I'm gonna read you this uh this actor's uh this is the this is the one that had people really up in arms. Uh, this is like, so basically they're doing secret nominations. They're talking to actor or director or marketer and, uh, actor, director, marketer and a costume designer about mm-hmm. the nominations. 
And the question here is how Academy members feel about Andrea Risenborough. That's the lady who got, who got nominated, but shouldn't have got nominated. Definitely shouldn't have got nominated. Basically, that was just somebody saying, Ooh, we should nominate her. And motherfuckers took that to heart. Uh, Oscar nomination and accusations of the Academy shutting out black women. So this is a real particular question. And the actor says, I feel like anything goes all's fair in love and war. I thought she gave a great performance. It was very much for your consideration. Like what's going to win me an Oscar. It had all the check boxes through it and it seemed to be pandering a bit. So that bugged me. The ending was terrible. Good for them. They went about it and got her a nomination. I'm sure other people were equally doing political maneuvering behind the scenes. They just didn't get caught. If it hadn't been for Viola Davis being mad, she wasn't nominated. I don't think anybody would have questioned it. It's ridiculous. Mm. It's sour grapes. The Academy has bent over backwards to be inclusive. Last year, there were more black, black people presenting. It's like, come on. I think Viola Davis is talented. I didn't see Woman King. So this motherfucker talking shit about a movie he didn't see. But I'm a little tired of Viola Davis and her snotty crying. I'm over all of that. I'm willing to believe that Andrea, Andrea Rose, uh, Risenborough gave a better performance. Daniel Deadweiler was so pandering until for an Academy Award nomination. She was good. I mean, who wouldn't be good in that part like that? The strong, wronged mother. But you look at the real uh, Marnie's Hill. She's not wearing all those incredible gowns and beautifully made up. I thought it was a confusing message. If they really made a movie that that about that woman who was not who was not used to being in the public eye and wore house dresses, she wouldn't have had, she wouldn't have had one incredible outfit after another. The ego behind this pushing her to be a movie star was too blatant for me. So he managed to be both racist and sexist all in one go on that shit. This is whack to me, man. So what um, movie did, um, what's her name? Andrea um, Rosenborough? Yeah. I mean, Riseborough? What what did she get nominated for? Because she's in quite she's in um two movies that were that I I know that were out this year that were um I guess that that were celebrated with either What Remains or Amsterdam. Uh to Leslie apparently is the name of the film. To Leslie, a nineteen twenty uh, excuse me a twenty twenty two American independent drama directed by Michael Morris in his feature directorial debut. From a screenplay by Ryan Bianco, the film stars mm. Andrea Riseborough as Leslie Rowland, a single mother and alcoholic who squanders all the prize money she received after winning the lottery. She soon <laughs> finds the chance to redeem herself when a motel owner offers her a job. Mm. Allison Janney, Mark Marin, Andrea Royo, Owen T, oh. and Stephen Root are featured in supporting roles. So Leslie premiered at South by Southwest uh, March 12, 2022, and was given limited release on October 7, 2022 by Momentum Picture. The film received critical acclaim with Risenborough's performance garnering widespread praise and a nomination for Academy Awards for Best Actress. Well, she she's had a uh, what seems like a hell of a year. She was in four different films this, um, this year. Um, I know. Uh, well, I I don't know. I haven't seen any of them, but <laughs> I I'm to the point where it's like. I try, I try to watch a movie now, but I just don't have the, I, I don't make the time to watch it. Yeah, it's 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 sometimes hard to just pull up the bandwidth. It's like uh, it's a movie that I definitely want to see, and Box gave me the damn uh, Amazon uh, password, so I can I can watch it, and I've yet to get, get give the give give it the time to sit down and watch it. But what movie is that? Oh, it's uh, 
Allison Brie and I forgot who her husband's name oh, is. Um, the, the Dave Franco movie that he directed. Dave Franco, yeah, that movie. Uh, with, I did. Uh, with, I did. I did watch that movie. I, I like that movie a lot. Um, my man from uh, uh, Insecure in it and shit. Yeah. So and like, um, got a bunch of people I fuck with in it. And uh, uh Clemens is in that movie. It's a, it's a it's a pretty good movie. Like um, that that movie does that, those kind of movies like a romantic comedy doesn't really um take a lot of you don't you you can watch it passively. Um, it don't it don't take effort. Yeah, you got to groove to it. I hear you. Um, and I just like, need, and I just need to sit and click it on. And I probably will. Like, like last night. Uh, I, well, we'll get to it. Let me get a show started. <laughs> we'll just head on down the rabbit hole forever if I don't get started. But uh, <clears throat> I got put on by DJ Polo. Cut the record. It's a demo. And started chilling in limos with champagne and tinted windows. Hopping no time for pl- no time for pain. Sporting gold chains and rings. Clocking money and fame, nothing changed. I'm still the same. Just spending 20s and 10s at women's pulling on my linen, then grinning because I was winning in this game from the beginning. The lyrical skills was kind of ill, gave you a slight chill, so I just let the hype build. Known for rappers run with go right wheels and turn from a hobo to a solo posing for photos. Though my dough used to be low, now I puff on cigars and blow O's. So catch a flashback of a G-Rap track attack like a head crack. Get smacked through your cap with the lead black. And hear a new cut for poo butt rappers hanging from off my two nuts like they was put there by members of the Ku Klux. So peep cool G-Rap don't sleep money unless it's with your girl. Straight up, kid. I'm blowing up in the world. Hello, welcome to it. It's Stage Richard Milk. Cleveland's longest running podcast until somebody proves different. It's episode, <laughs> it's episode 486. And we're the fourth generation of binary compatible CPUs. I'm your host, Andrew Taylor 713. Joining as always my best friend, it's Big Anthony Tatum 216. What's hood? Hey, what's going on? Absolutely and, nothing. Um, until I, I guess I, I should put this in my uh, where we can put our name on here. I am going back to until um, our anniversary. I'm going to bring back Animal Thug, Anthony Animal Thug Tatum. <laughs> Puts respect on his name, people. Uh, one, I, I, those lyrics are hard to spit. That is Coogee rap blowing up in the world uh, off his album four, five, six. And uh, the reason I chose those lyrics is because it samples heavily what you want to do for love by one Bobby Caldwell. And so I'm going to give you just a little something, something by Bobby Caldwell. And we'll head on out. Robert Hunter Caldwell, better known as Bobby Caldwell, was one of those guys with an open invitation at the barbecue because somebody was going to end up playing one of his songs. And somebody would end up saying, you know, he white. And folks would be like, what? Hell no. But what you want to do for love? Open your eyes. My flame. These joints was going to get some burn. And they're just wonderful songs by a real amazing artist. He was has been sampled and covered hundreds of times. And in my opinion, he was and shall remain loved and will certainly be Miss R.I.P. Bobby Caldwell. I bet you wonder where I've been. I searched to find a love within. It's like, I can't understand or express to you how amazing that song is. And if you look at the lyrics, you'd be like, is that it? It's just a few words. It's honestly got just a few words, but it's the musicality of that song and everything else that comes with it. And like so many covers of it. I went and listened to a bunch of covers of it tonight to see who was, who had the one, the one that was doing it the most. And mm-hmm. I will tell you, uh, let me just jump over here right quick. My, the person I think was doing it the most was uh, Snow Allegra. And hmm. Phyllis Hyman. I would tell you to go look up their versions of uh, Do For Love. 
Well, do for love is Snow Allegra's version. Do the number four love. And what you would want to do for love is what Phyllis Hyman is. And Phyllis Hyman has got a real groovy kind of sound to it. And I would tell you right now, that's the one. Those are the two that could compete sort of on some level with the Bobby Caldwell original. Phyllis Hyman is like, um, is a wonderful artist. Rest in peace to her going too soon. Um, check on your strong friends. Um, I just, I remember my mom listening to Phyllis Hyman a lot. And like, I didn't know that when, when I first heard about her, I just thought, Oh, she's just some, but she had been in the game at that point for decades. Yeah. Like Phyllis Hyman, you know, started off in the, in the seventies. Um, so like, I just went down to Phyllis Hyman, uh, rabbit hole not too long ago. So. Right on. Bobby Caldwell, man, uh, just to, you know, delve a little bit into my man's whatever. Got started out playing guitar for Lil Richard, mm. which I think is so dope. And eventually, you know what I'm saying, he just kind of went off and became more of a session musician and, and so forth. Through just dumb luck, through his mama being a, a, a real estate agent, I guess. Mm-hmm. He, he's how he met Bob Marley and kind of first got into music because they became tight. Wow. It's like, oh, my. it's like Bobby Caldwell had a good and interesting and cool life. Far too young, 71 in my opinion, far too young. Far too young to be going, going on to glory. But uh man, like I said, it's all right guy, man. And I and 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 there's so many songs that he, like I said, you part you part probably heard sample or that you just enjoyed and so forth and so on. And it's that shit, man. And Bobby Caldwell, rest in peace. Phyllis Hyman, rest in peace. It's been too much RIP in lately on uh on this program, and I'm sad to say we had to add another one. And uh and, and, and Bobby Caldwell, and well, that just kind of stinks, man. Uh, we are short one, uh, Dan, this week because Dan is in the midst of some real shitty 2023 luck. His one of his tenants slash roomies uh, caught the Rona, and therefore he had to go quarantine elsewhere to keep safe and not catch the Rona himself. And uh, that blows, so he couldn't, so he couldn't jump on tonight because you know what I'm saying he can't, he don't know his uh, his uh, parents uh internet situation and all that. <laughs> trying to record around people. It's difficult to record because people always be interested in that boy. Nobody who people who never listen to the show once will be like, what the fuck are we doing over here though? They'll be all up in it when they would if they get the chance. All up in the video. So fucking so but at last check uh Daniel was all good and, and safe and 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 uh I believe we are we are all well and good on that in that regard. But just like I said that's that that stinks. So of course keep them in your thoughts. And send us some love. Yes, it's all to the good. As for our week, Cleveland's longest running podcast, our uh, former uh, uh, former host, uh, uh, Wade, reached out to me and was like, hey, man, I think y'all might be Cleveland's longest running podcast. And I'm like, seems not possible till I go and start digging. And it got more and more possible as I kept going along there. It's not that we were the first ever to do it in Cleveland, but we still do it. Started doing it and kept doing it. And we got people the, like the closest closest one I've seen is somebody who was like 120 episodes less than us. And so I'm like, we got it. We got I'm laying claim to it. And like I said, until somebody tell me to the contrary, Cleveland's longest running podcast right here, bitches. Take it, take it and leave it. Take it and run with it. In fact, <laughs> I can imagine I can tell my mama that or mama here because my mama, as it turns out, listens to the show pretty regular now, which I don't know what to do with. Thank you, mama. I love you. <laughs> so, well, but. Yeah, man, I like I like that ideal. I like that ideal, especially because, like I said, we pushing on ten years, 
and I'm, I'm and I've been trying, people. Don't get it twisted. I'm, I have been doing my best to make it a point to reach out to other local Cleveland sp- uh, podcasts to see if we could just get some, just get some talking, just just show love, get some interaction going. Things I probably should have been doing. Let's go with five, at least six years back. But I don't know. T and his grown man in 2023, and we're going to work through it, and it'll be okay. But I have one singular news story for you. It's not even a news story. It's a fun, it's a little fun something, something. And go, and I guess I go. I ain't really got a lot to tell you, people. So <laughs> then we'll, then we'll keep it up. We'll wrap up, and we'll have some good conversation. Worry not. Thank you for joining us on this mission. Uh, the first story is literally... It is is 20 touristy things in Cleveland that every local should do at least once. Hmm. And the byline says scene staff. So everybody over there at Cleveland scene wrote on this one. Uh, Whether you have a free weekend, have visitors staying with you or are doing a staycation, there are surely things in in your own city that you haven't done. These 20 tourist attractions are actually worthy of doing at least once in your life. First up, explore the Cleveland Museum of Art. Can I recommend this highly enough? We have a pretty good repository of art and, and so forth at our at our art museum. It's uh, massive. It's free to get in. You got to pay to park. And hmm. you park on the street. Not really even then. But uh, well worth it. It's a lot of cool things in our art museum. Like from from, from all over time, too. It's like, you got some Egyptian shit in there. We got a whole mummy. Is it a mummy in that bitch or just a sarcophagus? Um, I think, I think it, it, might might, just... it, might, it might be both. Um, okay. It's funny, like, uh, not so long ago, we were in our Zoom meeting, and my background of my um, Zoom, it used to be, because I try to change it every once in a while, was a picture I took at the art museum. And our boss that we talked about a couple weeks ago, uh, was that last week we talked about? It was last week. Last week. He was like, what's that? And I was like, um, that's that's the art museum picture um, I, I took while I was there. He's like, that's really cool. Never... Never got to go. And I was like, man, you a dad. I understand why you wouldn't get to go yet. Yeah. That is a place I have not been to. Last time I went to, I mean, I, mean, I realized technically, because BMS and I aren't married. So technically, we are always dating. But it was early, early-ish in our dating that we went to the art museum. And I ain't been back in a while. Xander goes regularly with his lady. They go to the art museum and just kick it. And I'm like, that's kind of dope. So. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a place uh, to go. With people who enjoy going, it's not a place sure. to go with uh, with people who don't. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it is. I would tell you right now, if you are a single and ready to mingle, that is a good second, third date option. If you like, like Anthony says, if you know they would appreciate it. So, if you if they really would appreciate it, second date. If they kind of would appreciate it, third, maybe fourth. It's kind of fun. Plus, you think you can go out to eat. It's a lot. It's some dope restaurants over in that general area too. It's a lot, a lot of popping in that general area of town. Well, I guess I should read you what they say without instead of telling you what we say. Uh, one nah. of the best, one of the best museums around sits on East Boulevard, just waiting for you. Visitors, visitors make it a point to go there, so why not you? Whether it's a re, whether it's a regular on your social calendar or a stubborn item on your to do list, the world-renowned collection spans continents and eras. From the Italian Renaissance to modern, from ancient Greece to Africa and to African and more. Obviously, always more. Spend a day getting lost and don't miss the Monet. To Monet there, there's a uh, the thinker statue out front that was uh, blown up once by a, a mad bomber. Lots of cool things. I'm telling you, man, it's a lot of history. 
Um, it's a, a very famous uh, picture that I had only seen in books. Um, it's called The Fighter. Uh-huh. Um, we we have that painting there. And I was just like... Is it on loan or is it ours? Or is it a part of their collection? It was part of their collection. I mean... It's dope. Who knows? I'm not yeah. going to even... Uh, I ain't going to even start like, oh, yeah. We only got it for this. I don't know that. All I know <laughs> is I've seen that picture for many years. And yeah. like to see... Uh, a picture in real life that you've only seen in books and movies and shit like that was was kind of touching. It was just like I've seen this picture for years. Yeah. Um, I I'm gonna send you a couple of the, the pictures that I uh, I took from there. Cool. And I will uh, I will remember I told you patrons you get these episodes early now. I'll I will spice it up by throwing you some of the Anthony's photos of the Cleveland Art Museum. See. A little back, just a few bonus, little bonus tweakles for you. Uh, next up, visit the cultural gardens. Take a walk through Cleveland's famed cultural gardens on the city's east side. Yeah, you've driven down through through them down MLK a million times, but you can't enjoy them going 25 miles per hour using your phone. Mobile History Cleveland will guide you through the gardens and their history. Download the app, which is complete with oral histories, images, and text stories about our city. Cultural gardens are amazing. They are uh, exactly what you think they are. There's there's a a garden for every, not every, but many a nation. And so you go down through there, and there's like something that represents that nation, a a, a, a statue, a bust, uh, some other work of art. And you know, apparently you you pair it with this app, and you could have a real good time. The Dietrich Museum of Medical History. This is uh, at one one zero 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 Euclid Ave. Part of Case Western Reserve University, the Dietrich Museum of Medical History was established all the way back in 1898. The museum takes visitors through the modern medical history and how hospitals in Cleveland played a part. A hidden gem that routinely makes the guides for out-of-towners. It's something you should do, too. That's pretty kick-ass. I, I did not know that was there. Visit the Dunham Tavern. The mm. oldest building in Cleveland is the Dunham. Dunham yet? Dunham Tavern, which was built in 1824 and opened as a tavern and a bar. The home was turned into the Dunham Tavern Museum in 1941 and added to the National Registry of Historic Places in 1974. Make a stop and visit one of the oldest things in the city you call home. Of course, visit Edgewater Park. I chuckle because not in the far too distant past, the state of Ohio is who ran Edgewater Park which is a park on Lake Erie, uh, the coast of Lake Erie. And it was, to put it mildly, disgusting. <laughs> uh, the water was gross. The beach was gross. Nothing was taken care of. That is because most things at the state level in the state of Ohio and regarding Northeast Ohio, the state just does, does not even attempt to, to take care of. They just leave us fending for ourselves. And it sucks. But uh, we also have up here what's uh, the Cleveland Metro Park System and the Emerald Necklace, which is a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of uh, parks and forests and so forth and so on. And the city of Cleveland and the county, Cuyahoga County, took over Edgewater Park, cleaned it up, built some new structures, new new bathrooms and so forth and so on, really kitted that bitch out. And it be popping at Edgewater. They have events there during the summer, drinking events and so forth. People and music events and so and it's, it's uh, they have 
some things you you could rent supplies like kayaks or surfboards and so forth and so on. It's it's well taken care of. They keep the beach pretty well manicured now. They built stuff. There's an upper and lower level to to Edgewater Park, and so they keep it pretty well manicured upstairs, up up the hill and down the hill. It's a real great space to go kick it at. From what was once just, I'm, I was the guy covered in needles and and and, and bird shit. And, and, and so the fact, that, yeah, and the fact they take such good care of it now, um, because not just they, because the city. And the county took it over from the state who would never give a damn. Just makes for a great time. But again, let me read what they're saying about it. And that is Cleveland Metro Park's Edgewater Park is great for those beautiful summer afternoons, fall mornings, spring evenings, winter days. Yes, it's a year round joy. Pack a picnic, soak up the weather and just check out the beautiful skyline in the picture postcard worthy for good reasons. Tell you right now, you can go fishing there. Uh, people, there's, a, there's a big old just land that people be out there. Flying kites, people out there barbecuing. There's a huge track that goes all the way around the park. You can go run and walk and exercise. There's exercise stops all around it. There's a yacht club just to the to the to the side of it that you know, you probably have to be a member of. But if you are, you know what I'm saying, you can go hop on a boat and kick it out. It's it's wonderful. It's one of those things I really appreciate about about the city alcohol. Tour a Christmas story house. A Christmas story house will remain a Christmas story for me will remain a cult classic. And Cleveland's contribution to Hollywood ho- Hollywood holiday movie canon is as enjoyable as ever. You might not get the treasured Red, Ry- Red Rider under the Christmas tree. You might not get what you asked for at all. But a Christmas story never disappoints. And this is one of the tourist attractions you should absolutely check off your list. Have you ever been to that Christmas story house? I have driven past it, but no, I have never been to it. Um, uh, Honestly, a delight. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll have to do it. I, I think um, we didn't watch the new one that just recently came out, but maybe this year we'll watch it b- beforehand. Um, yeah. Because right now, um, like we watch for every holiday, which we'll talk about more in my segment. Uh, we watch almost every Rankin and Bass film. Like cause okay. there's there's one for every holiday. Yeah, um, nice. It's one um, I, I need to purchase. I think it's called Here Comes Peter Cottontail or something like that. Yeah. I need to get that. Um, and like I said, we'll talk about that more in my uh, in my section. Very good. Um, it's fun. It's it, it's uh, it's uh, basically a, a uh, it's just a Cleveland style house, believe me. But basically, they have like stuff in the kitchen that is old that that would have been from that era. You get to go upstairs and downstairs and check the rooms out and so forth. And it's just it's neat. And then and they had I don't know they still they had a little cool little gift shop. Where yes, indeed, you could walk away with a Red Rider BB gun if you were so inclined. Hmm. Uh, the Warner and Swazi Observatory. I don't know where this is at. Also at 1100 Youth Boulevard. So what is popping off in Case Western? Originally located oh on North Taylor in East Cleveland, the Warner and Swazi Observatory was built in 1919 and was once a scientific landmark. Due to rising light pollution of the city, the land, the observatory was shut down in 1980 and moved from its original location to the Case Western Reserve ca- campus where the telescope is today. Uh, visit the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I've never thought about going to the Pro Football. You ever been there? In Canton? Um, yeah. No, um, I have not. But yet again, this, this is a great list of stuff I, I, I know I, I want to do. Um, Canton's not far. Yeah. I bought my car from uh, Canton. Uh, football is synonymous with Northeast Ohio and Canton being the birthplace of the sport. There's no better place to visit than the pro football hall of fame. 
The iconic building and repository of the sports history is just a short jump down I-77, and the complex is in the midst of a massive expansion, meaning there's plenty to do for everyone. So there you go. That's cool. Take a tour of Great Lakes Brewing Co. and have a pint. I've done those. I have not taken a tour, but I have had a pint. I've been to, I've eaten there. And I've drank beer there. I've not done the tour, but that'd be kind of nice to see how they're how they brew beer and so forth. Uh, the yeah. craft brew. Oh, go on, go on. No, I was just saying. Yeah, I've I've had um, beer from there before, but I have never um, took a tour. Yeah, the craft brew renaissance in Cleveland began with the Conway Brothers in 1988 and continues unabated today. Great Lakes is the anchor of the Ohio City Brewing District, responsible for Christmas Ale, of course, and a local name known and respected around the country. Take a tour of the brewing facilities and see how it's done. At that at that uh, fil- at the film festival Vanessa was in. Because they were, they you know were uh, had had uh, you know beverages on deck. They had several Great Lakes beers, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, that's that's dope that uh my city represents." Uh, this is another one I'm about to get excited for. Don't sleep on it. Take a tour on the Good Time Three. You can brush it off as lame if you want. It's not, but you're mm-hmm. hard pressed to find a better day long tour of some of the city's finest sites. You've probably never seen Cleveland from these angles. Plus, the tour will fill you in on all sorts of historical tidbits along the way. I'm going to tell you this right now. The Good Time 3 is a bargain at twice the price. It is so dope. Uh, it takes you on a cruise down the, down the Cuyahoga River quite a bit, as a matter of fact. So you get to go. You know, if you live in Cleveland and you've driven over the Cuyahoga River or been next to it, just walk next to it to get on that river and see everything from that perspective, that angle go under the bridges and see what's going on underneath all these large bridges we have in town. And then, you know, hook out because we get to go out to into onto Lake Erie itself for a little bit and kind of hang out on the lake and then swing it back in and come back in to support. It's fantastic. Uh, get it on a nice sunny day. There's a, they, there's a, there's a, there's a, I guess there's a bar. There's a bar on the boat. There's, they have like a snack bar, decent food. You know what I'm saying? Nothing, fantastical. Uh, Vanessa's dad got married on that boat. Now, mind you, he was divorced probably a week and a half later. But oh, what's no. one to do about that? It's not the boat's fault. That's, that's his fault. So, that uh, it is it is really amazing. I've ridden that boat a couple of times. It is always like, I keep saying I need what I want to do is pay for their uh, 4th of July cruise because they'll take you out to the lake and you can watch the fireworks from out there on the on the boat. Hmm. And I want to do that, and I just haven't came out. I keep I always forget, and then it gets around the time, and I'm like, that shit probably sold out forever ago. But consider it. You yeah, know, I think I might consider that because I love Fourth of July. Same. Um, and I think it's I, I do think it's kind of pointless to go watch fireworks, but my partner likes it. Yeah, I am a firework doer. I like getting a box, you know, <laughs> and you know, you know, doing it illegally in the front yard. Um, and <laughs> you know, you know, the kids get sparklers and all that kind of stuff. But she loves to go see it, so I yeah. think that can kind of, you know, kill two birds with one stone. Actually, hey. um, not be crowded uh, because it is a spectacle to me. Yes. It is a, a challenge to find and get parking in the areas that you need to be in this town to see the fireworks. But to buy a ticket at the, you know what I'm saying, for the good time, I, I wouldn't doubt if it came with a parking voucher and so forth. Hey, man, can't go wrong with it. 
Here's the one that I've, I've noticed that has come about in years, in, in recent years, and that's the kayak down the Cuyahoga River. I can ride the good time down the Cuyahoga River. I ain't trying to get no little boat on the Cuyahoga River, man. I agree. <laughs> but yes, kayak down the Cuyahoga River, Cleveland's history is dominated by the river from its city's inception to present day. And there's no better way to see the city from ground level than to wind from the flats under the bridges and toward Valley View in a canoe. It's a top five to-do item for out-of-town visitors. You should join them. On this note, we disagree. Visit Lakeview Cemetery. Uh, the final resting place of John D. Rockefeller, Elliot Ness, Revolutionary War soldiers, Ray Chapman, and more famous and influential people than we have time to name, Lakeview Cemetery is also, of course, home to the President Garfield Memorial. The view from the second floor balcony is one of the most majestic and underrated in the whole city. The, walking, the walk around the grounds is amazing. And the property is basically a history of the city's most notable folks. Chances are good you've been meaning to go and have never been. Fix that this year. At the gig, uh, for a while there, every summer we would uh, have like basically uh, a week or whatever. We'd be like, let's get out of this office and go see some of the city and take a tour. And we went down over. We went over to uh, Lake Houston. Is that Lake Houston or is that a different cemetery? Um. It might be in downtown. Did, did, I think I didn't I recently send you those pictures. I no, remember. I sent you the pictures okay. of us in the cafeteria, but I, I got okay. those pictures too. When we went on and, the walk, uh, it was employee appreciation week. Okay. And, um, I think, um, yeah, we, we went on a uh, walk and we met Harry Boomer. We see Harry Boomer. Uh, yes. We were going yes. On my walk. man, drop a dime on him. Drop a dime on that fool. <laughs> Well, either way, either it was either Lakeview Cemetery or just another cemetery of downtown Cleveland, which is quite possible because, you know, it's that kind of city. And uh, it's a vibe if you are into that kind of stuff. I'm not really a big fan of hanging out in cemeteries, but maybe you are. So that's what's up. Uh, Cleveland, his, Cleveland's Historic League Park. Uh, Cy Young threw out the first pitch when the when League Park opened at the corner of Lexington and East 66. The Tribe won the 1920 World Series there. Babe Ruth hit his 500th home run in the park. That's wild. I didn't know that much history was there. Though it is mostly torn down, mostly was though it was mostly torn down in 1951, the city refurbished the fields for youth play and a small but dynamite museum offers the chance to learn about the pros and amateurs who once walked the grounds. That's that's very cool. Uh go to Cedar Point. Both the best music park in America on a regular basis. It's the roller coaster capital of the world. It's right down I-90. Even if you don't love blood-curdling rides and skyscraper-tall roller coasters, Cedar Point has something for you, even if it's just the merry-go-round. I went to Cedar Point once in my entire life. It was two days after I arrived in Cleveland back in 1988. I'm sure it's great. <laughs> 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 Not really anything I'm uh, out, out on the on the hunt for. Uh, this is a fun one. Visit the National Cleveland-style Polka Hall of Fame and Museum. The Rock and Roll uh, Hall of Fame isn't the only musical Hall of Fame in Cleveland. Yes, we have a Hall of Fame dedicated to the Cle to Cleveland-style polka music, the happiest sound around. The National Cleveland-style polka Hall of Fame was founded in 1987 by musicians and leaders of the Slovenian and ethnic uh, organizations. The museum traces the city, the story of the city's homegrown sound from its roots in the old Slovenian neighborhoods to nationwide popularity with audio exhibits. Historic photographs and original instruments. The archive preserves 6,000 vintage recordings dating back to 1913. Uh, 
if you live in Cleveland, you know somebody of Eastern European descent because it's just how the city has grown. And you probably have heard a polka or two in your day. Get down with some polka music. It's always fun. Uh, spend a day at the Rock Hall. I got to sign off on this one. It really is kind of amazing. Uh, I don't think people understand how really good it is if you live here. You just think, I'll get to it eventually. Make eventually this weekend or or, or sometime during the during spring break if, you're, if your kids are out of school. Uh, my, my kids out of school this week. Uh, so because it's really, it's really is something great. Uh, <laughs> this is what they wrote about it. Bitch about who's inducted and who's not. If you want, <laughs> that's half the fun, but you can't take anything from the, from the stunning unparalleled collection of rock history sitting in the glass pyramid by Lake Erie is like a top three item for people visiting Cleveland. And, and the look on their faces says it's been many, many years since your last visit. It's an I am paid design of, of structure if you look at it from above, it looks like a record player, or a turntable, which, of course, you know, I love. Go to the Rock Hall. Yeah, the, the Rock Hall is one of my favorite places um, that I don't get to visit because, like, like I said, it's a place to go that you and if, if it's a place that you enjoy, sometimes it isn't to be shared with everyone. Yeah. Sometimes it's just for you. And that's OK, too. Eat at Slimans. There are plenty of food-centric tourist lists that are, and there's a good chance most of them will point you towards Slimans, but you live here. When's the last time you stepped through those doors and had heaven on a plate? I don't think I've ever been to Slimans. I've had Slimans delivered at work, and I've had a, a, a pretty substantial turkey sandwich from them. Yes. A lot of, of meat. They really be, <laughs> they don't fool around. So, I mean, I, I've had it. It's good food. That's That's about that. I don't know if you need to go there. But they seem to think you should. So, you know, hey, follow suit. Look, oh, this, I swear by, hands down. Look out from the Terminal Tower Observation Deck. The Observation Deck of Terminal Tower is only open a few days a year. Bummer. But the views from atop Cleveland's most iconic skyscraper is simply breathtaking. The 30-mile view was unavailable for nine years after 9-11 and renovations of the building. But check in periodically for open hours because there's nothing quite like this view. It is rare that they open it up. But when they do, it's like two dollars or something like that. Unless I mean, who knows? Inflation is weird, and it might be five now or something like that. Hmm. But it, it, it's dirt cheap. You get to go all the way to the base, not to the tippy top, because you know it's just how the structure is built. But they have this beautiful observation deck up there that is, that is as old as the building itself. So it's 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 in that style of uh you know nineteen twenties nineteen teens and so forth, and. Just and it's like basically it's almost a full 360 around the around the, the the deck, so you can look out over everything, and it's amazing. Go do that. That I, I can recommend. I cannot recommend highly enough. The 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 observation deck of Terminal Tower is something fantastic, even for a guy like me who's afraid of heights. Hmm. Yeah, it's um. I remember we used to have like um. I guess it was like a Cleveland day. Um, yeah. this was uh, obviously like it was way after 9 11, but like everything was free in Cleveland that day, and like you got to do all sorts of stuff, um, downtown. And that was like the first time I ever got to do that. Nice, I love it. Oh my goodness, this one ant does regularly enough. Visit the Natural History Museum, yes. In the midst of a massive expansion project, the Cleveland Museum of Natural History is somehow a hidden gem in University Circle. See the museum's wildlife 
Check out the exhibits of the world of, of the world around you and go f- and visit Balto. Sundays yes. are free for residents of Cleveland and East Cleveland. As a reminder, you just have to secure your spot ahead of time. Yeah, it's um right now under construction, so we haven't been yeah. in about we haven't been in a few months. And the boys keep on asking, like, "Can we go to the history museum?" I'm like, uh, "It's not done yet. As soon as it's done, we'll be back." But um, what we have been doing is um. I mean, I'm pretty much every time we go on vacation, we go to a history museum um, throughout this, throughout the United States, pretty much. Like, nice. Um, but we went to Columbus. Columbus also, like, you know, has some great stuff. Chicago, um, D.C. Um, yeah. I'm probably uh, Pennsylvania. Um, I'm probably missing some other places, but... Um, if you're there and they got a, a natural history museum, you and the boys and and and, and the and the lady go, and that's dope, yeah. man. When uh, we went to parent teacher conferences about 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 a month ago, um, my oldest son teacher was like, "Y'all love birds, huh?" I'm like, mm, "No," <laughs> and she was like, "Anthony was saying how you guys went to um uh, like been to some aviaries." I'm like, "Yeah, we have, but." We don't really love birds. <laughs> like uh, we just try to get some stuff done with the kids. Uh, but yeah, so I, y'all love some birds, don't you, nigga? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and his, only um, Anthony's teacher allowed to use that word. <laughs> uh, this one, oh, the last one says, "Take a hike walking tour." A program of the historic Gateway Neighborhood Corporation, Take a Hike, offers free guided walking tours of neighborhoods east to west, giving the lowdown on things you had never you never knew you didn't know. Get out in the sun, get those legs moving, and learn about the city you go home. One I'm going to add to this list that I feel like they should have added, had on this list is uh, go to the downtown Heinens. Oh, yeah. It uh, used to be Society Bank, which is now, of course, Key Bank. And it's one of the most beautiful structures in this town. And you go in there and it has this gorgeous Tiffany glass ceiling, these weird paintings that have been there since forever, uh, depicting uh, of uh, in the indigenous people of this area and so forth. And uh, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's a, it's a pretty nice grocery store with some, with some good ready to eat food. Plus just some standard groceries. If you aren't so inclined and uh, a real good beer uh, and wine section, like a like massive beer and wine section, so you can you can really go uh, show out there. Plus, they have some uh, some wine and beer tastings, if I'm not mistaken. Unless something has changed, uh, go kick it at the uh, Highness downtown. It's Ninth uh, and uh, Euclid, and uh, it's on the south side of the street, and it's well worth uh, the visit. We used to go there. We used to record oh, several shows there. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, not, so. we didn't we didn't go there daily, but sometimes it was just like fuck it, let's just go to Highness. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So at least once a week. Yeah, easily, easily. So it was, it's a solid. It used to be a solid walk from where we were, the office, and uh, so you got out there, got a few steps in, and then you got to eat some decent food for a reasonable price. So plus they had a hell of a bakery. Just go to Heinz, man. I, I know it's I, weird to see you to a grocery store, but damn it, it's worth it. Trust me, man. I'll <laughs> punch somebody for a snoogle right now. <laughs> Those things are fucking incredible. <laughs> But that is your, uh, we're going to throw quotes around it, news item for the week. And I'm going to hand the reins over to Ant. And uh, first up, as always, is Tatum. 
Hey, man, what you got for the people? Uh, so, um, Easter is coming up. And I try to be, what I would say, original on what I put in the Easter basket because, I mean, I don't be just trying to just give my kids just jelly beans and chocolate eggs and a, and a, and a bunny that they're not going to eat that's been in the refrigerator for a year. <laughs> so, like, I'm trying to get that together. And um, as, as I spoke of in the last segment, um, I already have one thing I know I'm going to get them because, like, we watch almost every Rankin and Bass um, movie. I think it, it started with Year Without a Santa Claus because nice. the, um, the kids went ape shit over um, just the, the Heat Miser um, song. Man, it's just, it bangs, man. It is a good song. So I think that's where it. I mean, what am I? What am I talking about? It started with Rudolph. Um, it started with Rudolph and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I gotta get the Easter version of it. And this, uh, here comes Peter Cottontail. Um, I'm going to get that. Um, we also have been like real, real, real heavy on coloring books lately around here. We're just uh, talking about that. The, the, we talking about our experience of coloring books. Yes, but I, I, it's dope to know the boys is is, is getting down with the get down. Yeah, they've been fighting over it and shit. Like, oh no, you can't you can't color that page. That's a page I want. Like, it's been some real loud bullshit about it. But um, <laughs> like every because like it'll be books like that have been around here for literal for years. Yeah, and they they wasn't ready for him or whatever have you, but it's just like, um, it was a a, a Spider Man coloring book which legit could have been t- two copies of around here, but they seen it was like, oh man, I want to color Iron Spider. No man, that's mine. Come on, and they'll just start tussling over it, and this is like, <laughs> um, my oldest son turned eight, um. I guess at this point it'd be almost a couple weeks ago, but um, well, oh, when you hear it, it'd be a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And I bought him this book uh, called I forgot the name of it, but the concept of the book is it's these pictures throughout the book, and what you do is finish it. Like whatever picture you want, it's like um, what kind of dragon are you going to slay? And you draw the dragon, or these people are scared of this monster. Draw the monster, and. Um, my son wanted like he liked it because he's been on a drawing kick lately. Yeah. So my youngest son was like, um, I want to draw that picture. And I'm like, it's Anthony's book. We have to like now keep in mind, ever since I was little, and I, I actually called my mother so she could tell Emory this story. When somebody has a birthday, nobody doesn't get everybody gets a present. Okay. It might not be on a on the magnitude of who has a birthday, but everybody gets a present. Mama got flowers and a bottle of wine. Um, Emery got a uh, eleven inch Godzilla because he is he loves Godzilla, even though I, he's probably never ever seen a Godzilla. No, he has never seen a Godzilla movie before, uh, but he likes Godzilla, so I bought him a Godzilla. Um, Anthony got uh, stuff and a beautiful present from T. Thank you again, T. Um, so, like, when I was little, 
my mother said she bought my brother um a helicopter and i do remember these helicopters um and she was like i got upset upset for her to be like enough for she like oh man i messed up and she went like <laughs> wherever she was left and got me a helicopter too she was like i didn't want him to feel it's because this is um michael's birthday i didn't want you to feel left out yeah. so that's something that i make sure i do as a parent as well because that's what my mother um, did for me. That's what I want to do for my kids. So, but Emery wasn't trying to hear that shit. He was just like, look, I want that book. Um, and I still haven't bought him one because he he hasn't um, exhibited behavior to warrant him to have that book yet. I'm not, I do believe in, you know, doing what I'm supposed to do and try to like keep things happy. But at the same time, it's like, you're not gonna jack your brother in the face <laughs> over a book and then think you're gonna get it too. Like you gotta kind of sure. uh, scale it down. So um, every day is an adventure with it. But um, so yeah, I'm just going through like um, trying to, you know, not fly too close to the sun with the basket, but at the same time, like get on some good stuff. That's not all about candy. So yeah. I, I told them like no more bubbles. Bubbles is over, because all they do is like flat out pour them out. And uh, like we have a, a segmented driveway. They love building shit in the middle of the driveway. Like get some sticks and some leaves and stuff, and just watch the bubbles flow away. They do that every time. Or um, the other day, it was pretty nice in Cleveland. Um, not even. This was after school too. They even five minutes, like it was a like a brand new bubble wand in the um in the closet, and um, like I turn around, I'm like, you got um, don't do something or like I'm um, handing your book bag, and the bubbles were already all gone, already spilled out. Like from the time I turned around and asked for your book bag, I was just like, just come in the house. So no more, no more bubbles. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that's what like we're we're going through right now because like um we're not like especially religious or anything like that but um just trying to get together a nice easter basket for the kids um yeah and i don't know i know like we both did some churching when we were young, when we were younger like what were some of your like easter members that you can remember bro i always remember getting uh the, the the Easter frock is my mom would call. You know what I'm saying? We get the the, the, the dope uh, little outfit. Yeah. And uh if if I I, I go if I go look upstairs, I might be a, it might be actually if not, I think it might be one on my Instagram. Me in this like burgundy suit. <laughs> but uh it was uh, always that. Uh I didn't get a ton of uh like Easter baskets like that there, but my mom's like Heavy fucking jelly beans, which is why I fucking jelly beans. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so, yes. My my, so, my so, main yeah. weakness. I still am upset that Gimbal's sour jelly beans they don't make them anymore. Gimbal's is still a jelly bean company, but I believe Jelly Belly bought Gimbal's, and Correct. they still have the Gimbal's like regular um, jelly beans, but they don't make the sour ones anymore. And yeah. Jelly Belly's um, sour jelly beans aren't as good as Gimbal's, but I don't, 
Yeah. I, I just get the, the I try to get the Starburst uh, sour joints when I when I see them. I don't even think they make those no more. Well, like I said, I don't I don't do a lot of uh, Easter shopping at. at <laughs> this is gonna sound snooty. It's not meant to be. I don't do a lot of my Easter shopping at regular shit. I normally hit a world market. Mm-hmm. I always manage to end up hitting up heading up to Canada around this time and snagging a bunch of a uh, 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 legit uh, uh, Kinder Canada. eggs. Okay, yeah. So I end up bringing bringing home some of those Jones, and so it's like I get like little not for, not fancy per se, but just international candy is what I end up doing. Because yeah. that way, the candy they got is really good and rich and nice, but it's unique as fuck. You know what I'm saying? It's nothing that uh, I mean, yeah, I grab some jelly beans and all that shit. Like at this point, my kids are teenagers. Lee Lee just want to get his nose pierced, and I'm like, you good? That's that's your Easter. That's your what you want for Easter? Easy. A basket I mean, I gotta of pain. Yeah. <laughs> so I gotta get, but I gotta give him a little something, something. You know how you know how we roll. So I'm probably gonna end up with uh, just at least maybe a little tiny basket of a few treats here and there. Yeah, and I guess that's our other ca- commonality that you like to make your baskets. You ain't like yes. uh, you never get. Well, I'm sure everybody's had the Easter basket with the. What I miss those things. You know, you used to blow it. The pinwheels, pinwheels. Yes, pinwheel yes. In it and you see that? <laughs> I do remember that picture. Yeah, yeah. It's on, it's it's on my IG. You know what I'm saying, I'm, again, I will. Uh, here, I will. I will screen snap it right now, and I will uh, put it in the uh, for the patrons. Y'all can see uh, see this picture of T in a in an Easter suit. <laughs> it's a pretty decent haircut. Man, I look I look so much like my mom in that picture. It's like every now and again, you know, you just see your you'll see what your, one of your parents in you. And I look so much like Andy Pearl in that picture. That's wild. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I'm I'm I'm, I'm I uh, honestly God have never brought a brought a, a made Easter basket for the kids. It's always been something I've gone out and just gotten stuff and 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 put it together myself. I like doing it. I like yeah. getting the grass, and I didn't make. They made a couple of years back. They came with edible, edible grass. grass. I remember. I don't mean. I mean, it's good grass, <laughs> but you could eat it. And that oh, also it was, it it was good because I remember we came through, and you was like, "Look, they got edible grass, and that shit tastes like green apple." It was pretty dope. <laughs> it was pretty dope. Yeah. So you know, what I'm saying they got that of uh, it be baskets, uh, but one year I got it. They make a. I guess in some country in Europe, I cannot tell you which, they do eggs, mm-hmm. but big old eggs, and yes. like paper eggs. And so one year I caught paper eggs from a world market and I filled those and so forth. And you know what I'm saying? I always, like I said, I always hook it. One year I did uh, trash cans. You know what I'm saying? So Xander got a, like a Transformers trash can and Lee got like a whatever I got that year trash can and just fill everything, you know, put all the stuff in there. So it's like I always try to find a unique take on it. And that's just, I don't know. This is who I am. And uh, we we died, we ended up dying eggs last year. Like, we talked about it, talked about it, and finally we was like, all right, fuck it, we're going to die some eggs. So that was kind of fun. Eggs expensive now, though, so. But they no, not it, really. They, no, they went back. They're they're going back down because yeah. the, the eggs I usually buy, it used to be the 36 count. Yeah. I used to get the two 18s, and they were like plastic wrapped together. And they were they used to be at the lowest like like three fifty. Yeah. Then they went they were up to ten. Yeah. And now um shit, I, I haven't been getting them, but 
the just a regular eighteen was is back down to three fifty right now. Somebody and, pointed out TikTok, YouTube, something that they was actually paying less for more local organic eggs mm-hmm. than it was for the eggs that was coming from this this company that basically raised the price of eggs just to raise the price of eggs. And then lied and said it was because the aviary flew. I'm like, no, it wouldn't. And then <laughs> funny, the like one of those factories burnt. <laughs> like it seemed like that was self-sabotage. Like, well, now they really going to go up. Yeah. It always ain't seen to go down like that. But yeah, man. And so we do that, you know, we do the data eggs shit and so forth. So and like I said, my kids is getting old, man. Xander is, is, is a full ass, a legal adult. When you think about it. And, uh, Lee will be 16 this year. So it's like, I, uh, I'm like, do I do East for this year? But I'll probably end up doing it. Like I said, just a, something small. I'll, I'll come across a little something, something. Plus, you know what I'm saying? What other, uh, I need, uh, like, I need an excuse to buy, you know, jelly beans. <laughs> and so, and of course, uh, Reese eggs, cause this, this is the height of Reese eggs. Once you know, look, I know some people fuck the Halloween pumpkin shaped ones. They might fuck the Christmas tree joints, but it's the Easter egg Reese cup. That's the one. And, so fresh, it's so delicious. I, I remember my, my mom had the theory. It was like she said, "You know what? Easter, like the though the seasonal candy is the best because they they put more less preservatives and stuff." And I'm like, you "Might be right. I don't know, but hey, it's something about that ratio. Like, um, it's it's it, it is a proper amount of the peanut butter. I feel like they eat a little more." Mm-hmm. But then the the chocolate is just slightly it's snappy. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, Reese's eggs is the one. Okay, I'm telling you that shit right now. Just trust your boy on that. So yeah, dig it, man. I, I like uh, like I said, I I I, I don't. Uh, yeah, like I said, not churchy at all. I I don't. <laughs> that's one of the ones that some people would like. Some people in our, I mean, like I said, the kids might if they grandma do something have to go to their grandma's house. But I don't be going like the nests of uh, people's house or stuff on Easter because I don't really bang with Easter like that. So that's one of the ones I guess I, I I don't with any kind of malice keep to myself, but I just do, you know, try to watch a uh, Ten Commandments because <laughs> 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 they play that shit every year around that time, man. It's hilarious. Ah, that's one of the movies that's just like, man, this is really racist. And when you, when you get old enough to know better, yeah, I I've never seen it before, like. Like oh when it God. comes to like a holiday epic, like yeah. I have I haven't watched like um I I don't think I've even watched like um It's a Wonderful Life in a serious manner. Like I've seen okay. when he gets slapped in his ear and that dark ass blood come out of his ear, but after that it's it's like um like I was raised by a young black woman. I didn't <laughs> I didn't uh we didn't watch that kind of stuff. My mama like that was they came up on that shit. So yeah. you know what I'm saying it's the, it's, the, it's the flip. They came up on that shit, and uh, so I did too, sort of. And so I I gotta tell you, Ten Commandments kind of amazing in a film situation. Okay, you know what I'm saying you're like, God damn, that is crazy. But then you just start doing the math, and the math start math. Like, why is that white man playing this Egyptian? Why is all these white people playing these Egyptians. None of these Egyptians should have looked like this. <laughs> so forth. So, like you said, the math start math, and you really start. All of a sudden, you're like, none of this is uh, none of this works like it should. But it look, it's a spectacle. It looks amazing. Is is that where Pharaoh Pharaoh 
Let my people go. I don't feel like they sing in that. Oh. So I feel like they might come from something else. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't yeah, know. I feel like uh, the Ten Commandments is uh, not a, uh, a real sing-songy vibe. So. Hmm. <laughs> Let my people go. Oh, yeah, my I God. There's one scary movie with, um, with, the, with the next karate kid in it. Um, where it's like everything that happens in the Bible, like her job is to explain it. I for, I forgot the name. I don't know the name of the movie. I just know that she's in it. And it's like um, I remember the one part where they're talking about the like the Red Sea being red, and she was yeah. like, um, "Well, what 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 had to happen is it was red algae blooms at the time." And that's what made the Red yeah. Sea turn red. Or she was like, "Well, um, the part of the sea, it like she ate the, and then some scary shit happened, and she like, um, I guess she got to start believing in the Bible again or some fucked up. But all I know is it was the um, next Karate Kid in that movie, Hillary Swank. Yeah, Hillary Swank. Yes. Oh, okay." Yeah, I don't know if that was Hillary Swank. Uh, what's the one that got became a racist? Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, OG Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, uh, Christy Swanson. Because I, I recently uh, started watch a little bit of uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is a, a solid movie. Have uh, uh, Paul Rubens playing a vampire? Yes. You know, Pee Wee Parker. Damn, yeah, I love Paul Rubens. Uh, this song is uh, you know the the actual let my people go lyrics are considered are, they don't know who wrote it but when Israel was in Egypt land let my people go oppressed so hard they could not stand no more shell they bondage in bondage toil let my people go I don't know what musical that's from <laughs> but I do know of that song and I remember when uh, Carlton went to jail oh yeah and that's- uh on the Fresh Prince, yes, and he was he was singing in the cell, and this white man came over and like started. Was this the white man? It seemed like it was. Yeah, it, it, like, it was like a vagrant Pharaoh. Pharaoh, let my yeah. people. And he came go. in and, and, and bellowed, "Let my people go!" It's like that's a, that's it's a good that's a good uh, Fresh Prince memory, people. Yeah, Fresh Prince is um pretty iconic. Um. Like it's 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 a handful of episodes. You know what? <sighs> but that wouldn't be a podcast. I, I would think like <laughs> would be um like your top five Fresh Prince episode. Like man, it's so but so no, many good ones. That 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 could, that is easily a uh, something we could put together for you know the the the, the patrons and uh, we can we can work something out there. So. Don't 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 sleep on that. There you go. That's that's what's up. Uh, you're you're caught up on Anthony's life. Uh, the only thing I really honestly truly going on in my life is uh my kid is on a uh, spring break this week, and that's therefore uh, I bet I made a point to be like I would I would try at some point during this spring break to get you some time highway driving mm. as I'm teaching my kid to drive, and that day became today, mm. which also became how to pull out of my eye doctor's office. My eye doctor's office parking lot. Is a seven, if you will. You know what I'm saying. If you looked at it, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Kind of, but a weird tight L that makes no sense. You know what I'm saying. It's, it's it's like it's a straight line this way, but a 
a curve, but a, with a, a angle this way and this way. And it's like, so first things first was getting them out of that damn driveway. And, uh, it's a little involved, but, it, but they got, but, but he got out safe. And I'm just like, I'm just walking through the steps as we, as we get to the, toward the highway. I'm like, all right, you ready? And he's like, no, I'm super scared. I go, mm. okay, that's okay. I go, hook that, hook it tight, get in, get in that far left lane and punch out. And I'm like, I need you at highway speed by the time you come off the end of this, uh, of, of this, of uh, arm ramp or whatever. Yeah, it's called an arm ramp. Yeah. Yep. And they go in, they get in, they get in the speed. I'm like, nope, fast. Give it some more. Nope, give it more. I want you at 60 by the time you come off that. And then certain sure as shit, by the time they came off that bricks, it was 60. I go, all right, keep a look, turn your head, look over there. Anybody coming? No. Turn the turn signal on and slide over to the to the left. Boom. And then punch out and like ride. And I'm like, they they I'm like, you good? I'm like, choke up on that wheel. Make sure that wheel don't do nothing you don't want it to do. Go. And they go and they go on. They stay right around 59, 60, get up to like 61. And I'm like, punch this bitch. I'm like, let it go. Not that's maybe people going as is that the honestly got it was just before what would have been rush hour, probably would have started. And we was pointing, we was headed east because mm-hmm. we like started on the other end of town and then like said, got on the highway to go eastward. And so it, it honestly would, it would be the opposite of the way traffic would flow that time of the day anyway. But got him up to like 63. They, 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 yeah, he never <laughs> really, really like, went hard. And so basically we went from uh, one exit this way uh, down to uh, 117th. Okay. Uh, exit on this side. And uh, because that's 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 a very involved exit, I was just like, get off, slow your road, kind of come around, and and just stay stay to your right because it's easier to turn right on that street than it is to turn left because there's so much traffic coming because it becomes a like one seventeenth is like a four or five six lane uh, fucking yes. piece of, of, it's of very work anyway uh, over there. Yeah. yeah, so I'm like, just turn right, and we can we can wrap back around uh, uh, on toward uh, the neighborhood and stuff, and so. But got my kid on the highway today, and he did pretty decent. And uh, he said he said it was scary, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, but you did it. So it was so scary. Yeah, and, and I and I try to remember. I remember the first time. I, I do remember the first time I was on the highway. That was in the in high school in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and uh, I was I was taught. You know, what I'm saying they had drivers ahead at my school in, in high school. But I cannot remember for the life of me when I put Xander on the highway uh, at first. And it was, I know we were driving, I think we were driving to Virginia. And, uh, but why would just he and I have gone to Virginia? So where the heck could we have been going? I don't know. We drove out of state for sure. And, uh, and I know he was good at it and he still, he still remains a, a pretty solid driver, but I was trying to uh, figure it out. I have to ask him about it. He remembers when, cause he's, uh, he's usually good about those things. That's another thing that, that is so this is something that will come to you or maybe you already have visited this in your mind. Your children have their own damn lives mm-hmm. that you are simply not a part of. Mm-hmm. And so they have their own memories of things and perspectives that are not yours that you might be completely and utterly blind to. Because they'd be like, oh, we did this with mom. And I'm like, like I didn't know that happened. And that's crazy, and that's and I'm like that's 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 dope that that happened. Is that you have a good memory, uh, good memory on that? But it's neat to me 
And so that has been something that has been coming to me a lot lately. They'll tell me things that they did with their mom or they tell me just things that they've done. And I'm like, and I, and, and it's not that I forget. It's just like, I think humanity is, we are the star of our own show and we forget other people are starring in their own show. Yeah. And so they have uh, experience that, uh, we might uh, are, are unaware of enough. And I, I kind of dig the, uh, I dig that I'm learning these things of my children, you know? It, it's kind of funny. Like, um, well, first, uh, I had one thought. Like, the area you live in is so, I wouldn't say highway convenient, but high, like very, very highway adjacent. Like, you yeah. have like, um, like three stops in your city alone. It's like, hey, you get off here, you get off here, you get off here. It might be more than that. I don't, I don't live there. <laughs> and um, <laughs> like, and you have, uh, yeah. So I th- kind of feel like Lee will get used to, not kind of have to, but like has options. Yes. Because like, um, and that's it's like. Um, and Lee's getting to learn how to drive in a new in a newer car, like yeah. um, you know that well, you don't have to really worry about that. Day. Hey, you got to hold on to that steering wheel. My steering wheel shake, or the door <laughs> might go into the left a little bit. Uh, so that's that's kind of cool. Like um, you know, where you know a, a lot of times you learn how to drive in a in an older car. Um, yeah. So that's kind of cool, but um. <laughs> What you said about kids having their own lives, I've realized that through Emory more mm-hmm. because they but they have different school experiences. Like okay, and like Emory would be like, "Oh, this and this happened in school today," and then um, after but it didn't, that didn't happen like that. I'm like, you can't tell him that. Like yeah, he because it's his lived experience. Yeah, it's, it's how, so that's how it's been coming my way a lot because, like, every day they'll be in school, and like one son will be like, "I don't like this person," or "This teacher is mean," and I, he'll, I'm like, "You can't tell him that's not what he thinks." Don't or we always say a lot. Don't don't yuck me. Don't yuck his yum. If he like this, he like that because they are very very different. And yeah, uh, it's apparent every day, especially when they get in the car after school. And, and one of them like, well, you know, this happened and this happened. Um, and my oldest son is very tight lipped about what going. He is very business like. Um, he's very tight lipped about what would go on. So yeah, they they both have very very different um, experiences in life so far. And it's, it's just, I, it's just something that has uh, struck me in, 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 in recently. I say, because that's what it is: is me and Lee be driving, because yeah. we be driving everywhere, and we be chatting, and they be like, "Oh yeah, I, I remember being over here with mom," and blah blah. blah. And I was like, "Dang, it's crazy." So that has been uh, that has been uh, an interesting experience to arrive at uh, as, as 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 I get older and so forth. So, say not really a lot popping in my life. I got my glasses, people. They got that shit together and uh, got them done in a week. I had to go to eye doctor today for uh, what's known as a visual field test, and uh, it's mostly mostly to take a look at my left. My left eye is kind of jacked up, and uh, it's mostly to make sure it's still uh, functioning uh, at the level it has been. And uh, it seems to be. Yeah. I'll let you know if something changes. 
But my glasses was ready, and they uh, tweaked and uh, tweaked them a little bit and set them up, and I have my fresh spectacles on. But I also got a cool pair of sunglasses. I ordered them from Zini Optical. This is not an ad. I just want I want you to know I get my get my my Sundays from Zini, and I got my I got the shows. Uh, I guess hashtag technique. They wouldn't let me put the hashtag. They wouldn't let me put hashtag skin a little bit over for y'all business. But they let me put the letters uh, S K I M on the side of my little Sundays, which is kind of dope. And I got to put it in blue. So. And my little faux wood grain uh, earpieces on my glasses, it says on the, on the on one side, it says skim. And I think that's pretty fresh. So that's about that's about that. And let's see. Uh, I recorded Cadillac on Mars this week. That was cool. I got to, to sit and chat with uh, with uh, Chalfie and Delvin, which is always a delight. And that episode is out already as you as you hear this. So, yeah, you can get down with that. Yeah, it's, I, I uh, listened to pre- it um, today while I was. Um, while I was making. um Homemade Crunch Wrap Supremes. Fancy. We got your tostadas. Um. Well, I just like um. Mission makes like a very little street taco, uh, okay. shell, uh, or or tortillas. Yeah. They make them uh, flour and corn, of course. So, yeah. um, I didn't get the like the already made tostadas because I felt like those are too big. Uh, okay. So I just got the little street tacos and fried them in some oil. Um, it, that shit was very involved. This is way easier just to go to Taco Bell. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what I listened to. Well, like while I was um, preparing my food, um, and but like I had to make a, a quick trip to the store. But yeah, it was um, it was a good episode. Like most of the time. Um, but you like you guys don't do like really feedback, so it was just yeah. like if, um, like yeah, I could just tweet like, hey, that's not true, <laughs> or like because I remember uh, today, like when I was listening, you was like uh, talking about like the state of comedy, yeah, and you were like um, the only people that are doing, um, oh, I'm going to get canceled, or yeah. then, and I was like, that's not true. Uh, oh yeah, because I guess Roseanne's doing that shit now, no, but well, I don't really know her work like that. Yeah, not Roseanne. I'm trying to. It's a, it's a female comic. Um, she is one of the big ones. Um, she used to have a show on NBC with the one dude who got uh with uh Demachi. What's that dude's name? Well, anyway, I, I should have wrote it down because I I would sound uh more eloquent at this moment. But her her whole special was about being canceled. And she was like, don't cancel me. And she did this whole R. Kelly bit. Um, I watched a little bit because it was on HBO. It was either HBO or um, Max or Netflix. Um, I'm, uh, and she, uh, Chris Demia, I think she was on her show, uh, uh, on the show with her. But anyway, she does this whole R. Kelly bit. About how she only dates like older men who still listen to R. Kelly, and like so she like, and I was just like, <laughs> her whole thing was about not being canceled. So I'm gonna look her up, but I, I just mm. like it was, and it was a couple other things. I was like, man, uh, but like I said, you guys really don't do feedback on there. It's a, it's a monthly show. I mean, you yeah. know, I bet you if people DA feedback feedback, then Chalk would probably be more apt to uh to include it. So. Write that man a uh, uh, email. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, by the yeah. time I'm um, Chris D'Elia, 
Yeah, I know. The, I know who. The, yeah, that dude is. Who like he be like preying on little young girls, right? That's what his little situation. I is? think um, that's. I I don't I don't know if you if he actually did it or what happened with it, but I do remember it was some um it was something on those lines. Whitney Cummings is her name. Oh yeah, I hate her. I literally despise her. I ended up having to block her on on spaces. And not because on some old cancel bullshit. She just has to have she often she'd be saying some racial shit. Like and racist shit. Like I said, and she so, she was one of the, the um one of the main people talking about being uh being canceled. And she worked out because I, I I definitely canceled her ass. <laughs> <laughs> like she was going like in that special, she was going out of her way to be I'm so edgy. I'm gonna say yeah. some stuff that's gonna get me canceled. Yeah, you got it, buddy. So, and and of course, as, when I say shit like that, it makes me think: Are right, am I being sexist? Am I being am I am I saying this because it's a woman or so forth and so on? But I'm like, nah, she be saying some fucked up shit that 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 speaks fucked up to me, and I'm okay to not be cool with her. Yeah, and, and that's just what it is. You know what I'm saying? I'm not telling you not to be cool with her. I'm saying that's and that's basically and that's that's what I think separates. I guess me from other people. Some people want they they like everybody got to agree with me and cancel that. I'm like I just don't know. I don't fuck with her. Yeah, I, you can fuck with her all you want, but I don't. I think she canceled like, herself. I love some fucking uh, Louis C.K. and I I do not fuck with Louis C.K. But I don't be shitting on box for it. I like I I liked Louis C.K. But I kind of feel like um I, I agree with you guys in some point like that whole. Um, they're trying to cancel me because of this. It just yeah. like that purview alone makes you unfunny because that is almost still in everybody's joke. Yes. Like if everybody's doing the same joke, then where's the comedy? For sure. It's like, and that's, and that's, I think that's why a lot of people, not a lot, but some people have just been like, yo, this Chris Rock shit is just kind of tired. Because everybody's saying that he's not he's not saying anything new. He's not he wasn't saying anything from a perspective that seemed interesting or whatever. It's just like there you go, saying the same shit everybody else saying. Like six other comics done said this before you. It's it's more it's, 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 it's a movement at this point. Well, yeah. <laughs> but it's been a movement to not be to to and I'm not saying like I said again, we talked we talked about Chris Rock last week. Chris Rock. I want to reiterate this shit. Did nothing wrong. But Chris Rock comedy for this particular special was very bland and, and very much in the in the in the wheelhouse of people who are all saying shit like don't cancel me or I have been canceled or cancel culture is real or wokeism and so forth and so on. And I'm just like, don't don't be with that batch of people, bro. It it almost seems like to me is like more comics need to do what Eddie Murphy did. Like, he had a time in a space in a light where he was very funny. Some of the stuff he said won't go now. And he really doesn't, he doesn't do, he doesn't do stand-up anymore. Like, Jay-Z... He'll get, the, he'll get the joking. Yeah. Which is kind of fun when you see Eddie Murphy, you're like, hold on, I'm about to crack a few. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like you can see he got it, and they, they are people, and they constantly talk about how they are being attempting or trying to get Eddie Murphy to go ahead and come on and do this shit again. But I think Eddie Murphy is like, 
the type of comic I once was, I certainly can't be in this day and age. And I don't want people being disappointed in me. I'm a I'm a real, you know, PG thirteen family kind of comedian at this point, you know? Yeah. So that's that real talk. But uh that's what the deal is, people. Let's uh walk right to uh Reddit Avenue and then we'll take you high. I got you three amateur assholes this week. Actually, two amateur assholes and one would I be the asshole. These are all a delight. I'll run through the titles for you right now, then we'll go through the actual uh rigmarole. Am I the asshole? for expecting my girlfriend to split an expensive restaurant bill with me. Hmm. Am I the asshole for being what, what, annoyed? That person was, would I be an asshole? No, that's am I the asshole. Okay. This next one is, am I the asshole for being annoyed that my wife allowed my brother to stay at our house? Hmm. I'm telling you, man, some of these is chunky. And this last one, would I be the asshole if I told my parents my brother, our parents, my brother is lying about his paychecks. <laughs> These are all a delight. I want you to know that. So let's go. Am I the asshole for expecting my girlfriend to split an expensive restaurant bill with me? So I'm going to vote. Um, no, this person not an asshole. So my girlfriend and I have lived together for seven years. We usually split everything 50-50. We don't keep track of small things, of course, like snacks and fast food and things like that. But we do split groceries and fancy dinners out. Simply just to give you an idea that 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 is how we do things. That's how that's written. Sorry, y'all. So you went out for a birthday last night. At the start of the night, I told her that I budgeted $500 for her birthday and that I wouldn't be able to spend more than that. She was super understanding and said she was totally happy with that. So we go out to an adult arcade, to a paint night, and then to a fancy dinner. Before the restaurant, I told her I only had 200 bucks left for the evening, and she said that was totally fine. So she ends up getting a smaller appetizer and ordering a fancy bottle of wine with dinner because she said she wanted the bubbly more than the food when it came down for it, for, to it for budgeting. At the end, our bill was 223 and change. When I asked her if she would split the bill with the $23 plus tip as her portion. So basically he said he had $200 left. Mm -hmm. So what went over was $23 plus the tip. It's her portion, not half, just the portion that went over the $200. I told her I could afford. She looked at me a little dumbfounded and said she only brought her small purse and it didn't fit her wallet. So she wouldn't, she would have to give it to me at home or, or, or send me money. I told her that was totally okay and to just PayPal me the money later. I wasn't upset or anything and said we could square up at home. She went a little quiet and when mm. we got home, she showered and went straight to bed without saying much. The next day, she gave me the $23 in cash, but left a note on uh, left it on a note that says, since I guess we nickel and dime each other now, oh. here's your 23 bucks. Happy birthday, me. And now she's giving me the cold shoulder. I've tried to talk to her about it, but she keeps pushing, brushing me off and saying, I'm being, I'm being a cheap jerk. I honestly wasn't trying to be a jerk. I just genuinely had a budget and was super clear about that. She never, she's never been upset with me before using it. She's never been upset before about me using a budget before this. I was very specific that I could only afford $500 and even told her that before dinner. Am I the asshole here? Clearly not. Like, I commend that person for having a budget. 
sticking to his budget, like being clear, like you might as well just like stop saying budget and saying boundaries. Like he had a boundary. He said, Hey, um, I only have this much. And he was upfront about it. Like, yeah, I kind of feel like sometimes, um, in relationships, like you try to do more than you should do rightfully. Yeah. But this guy was super clear about it. He wasn't an asshole about it. He let her know. And that that person that he's with is being a little bit um, immature about the situation. Um, yeah. And hopefully, um, as this guy's pattern, he's communicating um, his boundaries and his budgets to her. And hopefully they can get that resolved because that he was up front. And like, that's more than a lot of people do. Yeah. I think she was disappointed because it was her birthday and she thought he could probably take one for the team. Yeah. But he had already, you know what I'm saying, said X, X, and X. And so things have been established. Things have been agreed to. And so when when the line was crossed, that's not it's not on him as much as it could be. So um, not a lot of pink comments on this one. This is one where people are really kind of divided. Mm. Uh, some people are like, you are being cheap. You're being weird. Other people are like, bro, what are you talking about, man? My man started with a $500 budget. That's pretty solid for somebody's birthday. You know, and I'm like, you're right. You're right. I can get that. So let's read a couple of comments. Uh, this guy is a lock 74 asshole enthusiast. I'm going to say I'm going to go with everyone sucks here. Hmm. I understand you have a budget, but it's twenty three dollars. She's overreaching for sure. But is it is this really a battle worth having over twenty three dollars? First of now, all, it wasn't on. just twenty three dollars. Yeah, I want to do the math on that because it's it was twenty three dollars plus um plus a tip and yeah. a tip so, for a two hundred dollar meal is a, a little substantial. Uh. Looks to be forty four dollars and sixty cents for two twenty three. If you tip twenty percent, so forty four dollars plus the twenty. Okay, so let's do forty four point six plus the twenty three bucks. Forty four here. Forty four point six plus sixty seven bucks. So seventy bucks basically. Yes. So seventy. It's about seventy bucks. That uh. He's like, I'm saying, don't, don't, don't leave me stank on. But it's not the entirety of the the, the birthday budget. Yes. And, and and what I know about having, and I'll read you the comments still, but what I know about having read further into the comments, the OP is, has been good about responding to people is that she ordered a $160 bottle of wine. My man said, I have a $200 budget and you went and spent the vast majority of it on a bottle of wine. It's really kind of on her. You feel me? Yeah. And yeah. I kind of feel like some people pocket watch, like you or like you gotta you got you have enough for this, you should be able to do this. Like, don't do that to me. Like I told yeah. you amount, that's the amount. Yeah. And I we've we've done other things. I I mean, I don't know. I think it's pretty simple. I don't I don't know why people would disagree with that. Everybody does the suck in this situation. That's just wrong. Really. So let me finish reading this to you. Uh, edit. I have to change my judgment to you're the asshole based off the OP's comments in the thread. I can absolutely understand why the girlfriend feels like they're being nickled and dime. OP makes it sound like he's in a tight spot and $23 would break the bank for him. 
But in his comments, he said he has a stash of money elsewhere and he refuses to touch. Hmm. OP should have a kept better track of what they were spending or B just took the 23 from his other savings and replenished it at another time. The girlfriend had no obligation to keep track of the spending and was not in charge of the budget. OP said he said he was and should have followed through accordingly. So that's one comment. Like I said, it seems like real, whatever. Somebody follow this shit up. This is uh, Dakurai who says, the heck is wrong with you people here? $500 is no small amount. And all he told her and he told her up front, $23 can or cannot be a small amount depending on the person. But that does not matter. He gave her what was what was already not a small amount of money, and she went over that. Why is it then him who is making bad budgets when she's the one who went over the limit? He told her just because he's a guy seems a lot of double standard is coming through in this thread. <laughs> so like I said a lot of this post is is that kind of shit. It's yeah. in the back and forth of people like if this was a woman, it would have never been like that, and so forth and so on. This is like like bro, y'all y'all just want to be mad. Yes. But the reality the reality of it is is here, what's this exactly why what did he order? If OP is budgeting five hundred spend on the okay. Anyway. <laughs> uh I don't believe this person's an asshole. Reddit didn't uh didn't go one way or the other on this, and it was like I said, it was actually probably just a probably about probably a fifty fifty split when it's all said and done. Yeah, and it, but I this think this is uh, one of the situations where I do miss Dan, and I wish uh I had, <laughs> because he is very budget conscious. Uh, but you know, it would have been nice to hear his opinion about it. For sure, for sure. So that was uh that one. Next one. Let me hear it when I say it and know how easy it actually is, okay? Am I the asshole for being annoyed that my wife allowed my brother to stay at our house? Hmm. Uh, okay, I'm um I'm gonna say not the asshole. My 39 male brother, 20, lives with his girlfriend about an hour's drive away from my me and my wife. By him describing it as an hour's drive away, I feel like this brother might be from Ohio because we'd be describing shit in time <laughs> and, 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 and not distance. <laughs> My brother and I have never been close due to the age difference. Our parents had me young and then him later in life. He was always spoiled, who the spoiled one who got whatever he wanted. We see each other on holidays and special occasions, but other than that, we might talk on the phone once or twice a month. Last night, I had to work late and could not be reached by phone. When I got off, I noticed that I had two missed calls from my brother and a few from my wife. But it was already close to 11 p.m., so I chose to just drive home and not call and possibly wake someone up. I walk into the house and see my wife, 41 female, and brother on the couch playing Mario Kart. When I walk in, they both say hi and go back to their game. I went to the bedroom, shower, and frankly, just sleep. I was exhausted. My wife comes in a few minutes later, and I ask ask her why my brother was there. She said he called her because he and his girlfriend had gotten into a pretty heated argument, and he just needed to get away from from her, get away from the situation for a little while, while he figured out what he was going to do. They only have one car, and it's in the girlfriend's name, so he couldn't take it. Apparently, he tried to call me, and when I didn't answer, he called her, and she went and picked him up about an hour away, even though she hates driving at night. 
They also went out for dinner before coming home. I told her that I find it odd that she would beat <laughs> my brother up and take him to dinner just because he's gotten into an argument with his girlfriend, that he's an adult and needed to work it out. She just rolled her eyes at me and said he would be staying in the spare bedroom as long as he needed, that I was acting weird and that he is my brother and he has no idea why it was such a huge deal that he was here. I told her that if someone is staying at my house, especially my family, I should be the one who decides that, that he had no right to call her and he should have waited for me to call him back and would be taught and would be, we and would be talking to him in the morning. Mm. She told me to deal with it and grow up that, that he has always welcome here. My wife is now mad at me and I'm stuck with my brother in my house for who knows how long <laughs> until he figures out his life. We already have two teens. I don't need another kid here. I stand by what I said. My brother doesn't need to be here, but my wife's still mad at me today. Am I the asshole for saying she should not have picked my brother up and allowed him to stay at the house? Update. I don't think just because I think an 18-year-old person should be out of the house and not rely on family to support them makes me a bad person. <laughs> People need to grow up and, and be adults. I expect the same from my children. They are expected to have a job and save money to move out when they are 18 and graduate from high school. If they go to college, they can stay here, but are expected to pay for it on their own and pay a small amount of rent. My wife does not agree with me with this and says that she that they can stay as long as they need. I am trying to make her see reason. As a kid, I was never taken to the zoo, museums, <laughs> or out to eat. I was sent to public school and not allowed to play sports or do activities because there was never money. I had to get a job as soon as I could. My parents were 16 when they had me. And even when I got, when they got older and had more money, I still did not get the opportunities that my brother was given. He got the best and I got nothing. And it's time he stood on his own. Yes. My kids got to go to the zoo, park museums, play sports and attend activities. They get a lot of, a lot of what I didn't, but those are my kids, not my brother. I don't see why my wife could take him. I don't see why my wife would take him along with her. My brother was has always loved her like another mom. So I had to share with her, share her with my brother, too. I got home from work last night. Everyone was already getting getting ready for dinner. After dinner, I told the kids to please go to their room so I could talk to my brother and wife. I asked my brother why he was there and why he felt the need to call us instead of working it out. He said he just needed to get out of the house. He had found out that his girlfriend had cheated on him and was planning on leaving. She blamed him for her cheating because he wouldn't marry her or have a baby with her. And that was what she really wanted. I said what she wanted wasn't unreasonable, <laughs> that he was being immature. If he could live with her, he could marry her. My wife said that not everyone wants to be married and have children, that he's young. He's an adult. Grow up. I said I didn't appreciate them making decisions without me. This could have been sorted out the next morning. No one needs to drive two hours or run away from home. I asked when my brother planned on leaving. He talked to his girlfriend. She was moving out by Sunday. Then he would go home. He had two months left on his lease, so he would he was going to look for something smaller to move into. I said that I don't like him staying that long. My wife said he's your brother. A few days isn't going to kill anyone. I just I agreed just to stop the fight. I didn't like it, but I fell back into a corner. I still think he needs to go home and deal with his own problems. My brother said, thanks, I appreciate it, and walked off. My wife and I talk more. Neither one of us is really happy with one another. Man, boy, was I wrong. This dude's a big asshole. 
This dude's a gaping asshole. I didn't know what to do with it. It's like, you you terrible, terrible person. And I know we don't bandy that about too often, but this, you mad, you mad at some shit he had no say over or control over. Yeah, yeah, because your parents retired after raising your uh, asshole ass. <laughs> <laughs> like, parents, like, the second, like, the second child or or grandchildren get different treatment because guess what? Your parents are different people after that. For sure. And your brother got, I guess, the love you didn't get. And you needed that shit bad as fuck. Because you are a sour, bitter bitch. So here's a here's a, a post that is actually by the OP in the in the in the thing. People keep asking the same question over and over. I don't like my brother because he was a sport. He was spoiled as a child and given many opportunities that I was not. Excuse me. My parents expected me to have a job at 16 and I moved out at 18. He was sent to a better school, given better clothes, allowed to be in a band and other activities <laughs> that I then that when I was growing up, they couldn't afford and didn't have to have a job until he graduated. He is 20. He has been with his girlfriend since he was 17. He needs to be talking. He needs to be talking to her, working it out. Not at my house playing Mario Kart with my wife. No, I don't think they're having an affair. She has known him since the day he was born. He was always her little buddy. When we were when we started having kids, she would include him in the activities like going to the zoo, to the park, or whatever. This bothered me because there were things that I didn't get to do as often as a child. But she always disregarded my feelings on this matter. My parents and brother moved two states away. My parents and my brother moved two states away when he was 14. I never kept in touch minus holidays and occasional phone calls. I don't know if my wife kept in touch with my brother. She never said anything. He moved back when he was 18 with his girlfriend. There's a lower cost of living here and he was able to find a decent job working from home. I honestly just don't just don't think that once you move out and are on your own, you should rely on family to help you out of any situation. People need to learn to 100% rely on themselves and they will never or they will never make it in this world. Same goes for my kids. <laughs> I will talk to my wife and brother tonight and find out when he's leaving because he's not staying much longer. So this must have been before the update or between the update and uh, now. And yeah, that, that, uh, that just added to this asshole. You were, I was hoping that would make it better. What? A, stop it, bro. Yeah, I mean, she. Uh, he he said he met his wife when he was nineteen and she was twenty one, so she literally has known her that 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 child since he was born. That's like her first child, you know. What I'm saying? Or her her it seems like her little brother, her like yeah, like, more than, yeah, more than his. Like he's been jealous of this brother's treatment his whole life, and his wife has been able to see. The brother as the person he is. Man, just what a fucking lame. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't agree with anything he said or any of his thoughts. Like, sometimes people do need help. I do believe, like, the brother didn't, what he needed more than anything was emotional support. He yeah. found out his, his girlfriend was cheating on him. Instead of long term girlfriend, yeah. Instead of um, being verbally or physically abusive, he left the situation. 
like he smartly yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, he he did some uh, probably that you couldn't do. Um, Facts. <laughs> and so till Sunday, till the, whatever till the weekend, you guys get to be like, hey, even if you know you didn't feel like, hey, uh, we don't really got room here. Uh, you could have offered your brother a hotel if that was the case. You could have did something other than what you did. Like, yeah. um, if it's only till Sunday, like, hey, um, like my kids are used to a schedule. Um, yeah. Or like I do this, we do this. Hey, how about I get you a hotel? Uh, if I don't, if you didn't feel comfortable, but you you had an extra room. He didn't seem like he wanted to be a bother, but. Yeah. He's gone through something that um, he probably needs family around for. Like, you're 20 years old. She, nah, I'm not saying it's a bullshit excuse, but it's on the lines of a bullshit excuse. Like, hey, you don't want to have kids with me or marry me at 20. So I'm yeah. cheating on you. Um and and like that's no, you just cheating on because you cheating on him, and you need an excuse right then and there. So you're like, because you won't marry me, it's your fault that I'm cheating on you. Well, I'm not gonna marry you now. <laughs> Where's the psychological sense in that? To quote Cameron, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a wild one. All right, last one. Would I be the asshole if I told our parents my brother is lying about his paychecks? <laughs> Um, I, I, I think, um, I'm gonna say, yes, you would be the asshole. My 17 female brother, 15 male <laughs> and I's parents have a rule for jobs. We get to keep one third, one third goes to college and the rest goes into a, an account for us to get when we turn 21. I think that's a pretty fair rule. And it's what I'm doing since I've started working. My brother has always complained about our parents taking his money. But since we live under their roof, I think they have every right to do it. We thought we thought my brother was making $15 an hour and that they were splitting the money like that. Well, he told me the other day that he got a raise to $18 and hasn't told by our parents. He just pockets the extra money. I really think that's disrespectful toward them to break a rule like that. So I told him he has until tonight mm. to tell them, or I will. And he called me a bitch. <laughs> I would have called you a bitch too. Don't fuck with my money. Um, yeah, you're an asshole. Don't don't do that. You know what I'm saying? Look out for your your your, your brother. You know, look out, look your siblings. Unless they fucking up. You know what I'm saying? If he's snorting his money away, yeah, that's the best. Go tell mom and dad. Yeah, but he's only but he's, uh, you know, he's only he... snorting away three more dollars. I mean, come on, how much coke you get? I mean, if my man is is is, is you know, copping Red Bulls and a chicken sandwich from time to time, come on, bro, what is we doing? Here? Yeah, this is one of those things where, like, honestly, you just mad because you ain't thinking that shit first. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know. I kind of feel like it's just. Just, just keep to yourself. You, you don't have, you don't have to. You would be the asshole if you told on your brother because that's just asshole behavior. Yeah. 
Uh, let's get, I went, no, no pink comments or anything like that there. We got, but I do have a comment that I see that I noticed that I, I like. So I must think highly of this comment myself. And that is, uh, from my hair is on fire too. Mm. <laughs> liar, liar. You're the asshole. Your parents aren't entitled to money he works to earn. They shouldn't be forcing him or you to do anything with it, even under the guise of teaching you something. All they're teaching you is that they're controlling and don't trust you to learn how to budget your own money. Something more likely to cause you to be frivolous with your money once you are finally, which you are finally are in control of it. Let's be honest. You've been forced to do this unfair shit since you started working. Your brother was forced, has found a way to actually keep more of what's his and you resent that. Because after all, you had to suffer the controlling stupidity for your whole life and let and lived, so he should too. Do you have any proof that, that that's actually what they're even doing with the money? Yeah, I mean, they say they can be saying, yeah, we're putting away for college and they could be out there again, snorting away your money. Ask Gary Coleman. There's better ways to teach your children. Yeah, yeah for sure. There's better ways to teach your children how to save. This ain't one of them. And it's jacked up the juice going to tell on your brother because because he making a few extra shekels. Don't don't do that. I I, I, I tell Leah sometimes be like, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll say something about saying I'm like, well, don't, don't do that. Like I, unless I, unless it's, it's something dangerous or bad, and I need to know about it, just, they keep it between y'all two. Yes, just support each other. You know what I'm saying? Because that way, that way, they y'all know y'all got each other's back when it comes down to some shit. Because just cause, you know what I'm saying? Here, let's see. Let's try to see if I see any other uh, comments. The the original poster, uh, mind you, has been suspended oh. from Reddit. So, who knows why? Either they were responding shittily, or people. Because sometimes that's what it, people will just be mad and they'll they'll hate on somebody until they get suspended. Mm-hmm. So, you can never call it in these situations. But that is it, people. That is your selection of my last was this week. I hope you enjoyed them. I know I certainly did. Uh, in the realm of entertainment. It's a, it's a pretty much a, it's almost a, a, a full repeat of last week. I'm um, caught up on shrinking. God, that show is so good. I have three free months that I got to uh, re back up on, and then we can get back to watching shrinking. Very good. Uh, uh, the Last of Us uh, uh, season finale, but I'll talk about how talk about that here shortly. I actually want to get into that with you. Uh, Grand Crew is back. My man Carl Tart, you know what I'm saying? A friend of the show, Carl Tart, uh, is back. It is, uh, it is, uh, comes on Fridays, Friday nights now on NBC, and it's also available on Peacock the next day. And he's also uh, in, um, History of the World. I haven't watched it yet. And, uh, History of the World Part 2, yes. which is on uh, Hulu. So, so that you, you can check that out. Uh, Night Court is what I discovered while watching Grand Crew on Peacock. The, there's a, a remake of Night Court. Or, or I guess like it's a continuation re- of Night Court. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where uh, Harry Stone's daughter, uh, played by Melissa Roush, who you might have remembered from The Big Bang Theory, she played my man, uh, my one man's Howard's wife, yeah, Howie's wife, Bernadette, Bernadette. and uh, she, she, she is now Judge Stone, and uh, John Larroquette has returned as, as as Dan Fielding. Only this time he is he's the defense and not the uh, city's prosecutor. And uh, it's real. It, it, I watched a, a lot of the episodes of that show. Also, fell asleep, and they watched a lot of me. So <laughs> I got to go back, you know, and, and rewind and watch those. But I really enjoyable. 
I, I, uh, it's a very, that's a, it's a very much a comfort show. Hmm. That show is very much like watching an old syndicated night court, like you would have when you were younger. And uh, I, it's a, it was a very comforting show to kind of go to and watch and laugh and get some of the old jokes and see some of the stuff that I recognize, like that armadillo and so forth. Just good jokes from saying in that regard. Uh, still, still working on the last of us part one, the video game. I, where am I? At? I just met Sam and him. Literally, that's just exactly where I'm at right now. So I'm just, I'm in, I'm, I'm just about to get out of Pittsburgh with uh, Sam and Henry and uh, get real, real, real sad. <laughs> uh, new, yeah. season of, new season of Fortnite has started, so I'm kind of messing around with that. Played a couple of rounds of that today. Uh, I, I played and finished the Resident Evil 4 uh, remake demo today. Uh, it's, one, it's one of my all-time favorite games, and this remake is real pretty, but it's so pretty that it's intensely more scary than it was. This is like, it looks so realistic and bro, like, God damn. And that dude with that chainsaw is still scary as shit to me after all these years. So that's a tough one. Um, Ted Lasso is back. Yeah. And I watched the first episode of uh, Ted Lasso uh, last night. And uh, if it's the last season, which they have not officially said, but everybody seems to uh, be in agreement that they think it's the last season then I am excited to see where it goes because what they set up in that first episode is like, okay, I see the conflict for, for everybody involved and uh, let's see how it is going to be resolved. And I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, AFC Richmond has been uh, promoted once more to the Premier League, but they are believed to going to that they're going to finish last by every, every, every person writing about uh, football and uh Nate's new team, Nate Shelley, <laughs> is uh, is thought that it's going to be they're, they're they're going to finish in the top four. So everybody's writing good things about him. And uh, that first episode was a banger, and um, I'm excited to see where where it heads. Good to have Ted Lasso back. Uh, what you watch, man? Like, see, before we start getting the last, let's let me get everything well, else. Uh, <clears throat> watching, playing, booking, whatever you up to. Um, you know what I, it is. I finished the podcast called uh, "The Coldest Case in Laramie." Um, it was made by the same people who made Serial. Um, it was a okay about uh, a cold case from I believe like 1985 about a young lady being murdered, and a person was a he was arrested for it but never convicted um and it was it was a pretty interesting podcast it was not quite as good as serial but um i kind of feel like it would make a, a pretty good documentary like the episode there's only eight episodes and like the episodes are only a half an hour so it's very very digestible and it was a a, a quick yeah. listen of the coldest case in Laramie. Um, that was what I pretty much listened to because I cannot find a book on, um, to listen to like Maybe. the yeah. dishes are the ones that suffer. Um, the, I haven't like, usually when I go to the store, like if I'm listening to something, I'll be, I'll be gone for a while. I've been taking short trips. I've been right yeah. back home. Um, okay. But, um, I started watching a show on, Discovery Plus, it's a HGTV show called the the First Home Fix. Um, it's it's a pretty good show. Um, and like you were talking about um, comfort, like I needed something to watch, and I wanted to try to 
like watch something um not necessarily different but like something that was comforting but like new to my um ears and eyes and i started watching chopped yeah. again uh, I, I, okay. I haven't like watched the episode of chopped in a, in a pretty long time and um like Every morning, I've been like, I'll put on an episode of Good Mythical Morning. If I like it, I'll finish it and then watch Good Mythical More. Um, and at first this week, I was watching uh, First Home Fix. Then they only had five episodes of that. So it's like, what else can I watch? So I was like, I went to Chopped. Um, I also tried to watch um, a movie on Canopy um, this week called Short Bus. Always heard about mm-hmm. it. And it's like, uh, like an NC-17 movie. And I remember this was, you was like, why does always dicks that up is the reason you get the, um, uh, uh, graphic, graphic nudity. Dude, I had to, I had to stop watching this movie. This movie is so graphic. And like, as I figured, uh, found out it's unsimulated sex in this movie and a bunch of it. Um, and it was just like, oh yeah, that's a real penis. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a bunch of, and I was just like, man, like, of course, um, you know, I wasn't like, uh, I, like I said, I didn't finish it because, yeah, um, it's not that I passively watch things, but it's like, man, it, it was like <laughs> that movie was super graphic, and like, I so I did, I did a little bit more real because, like I said, I heard of it, and I think it's made by the same guy who made, um, the angry itch. Um, oh, okay. So, uh, 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 yeah. Is it like the guy who like starred in it? The guy who played Hedberg? Um, I, I think he just directs it and writes it. If I'm not mistaken, I might be wrong, uh, but I don't think I am. And like I had heard about it before. Like I'm like, oh, I've heard of that. Let me let me check it out. And it was just like. Uh, uh, written and directed by John Cameron Mitchell. Yes. So, so it was uh, it was a little bit too graphic for me. Uh, they describe it as an erotic comedy drama. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, yeah, like you said, like yeah, that movie. Like, and as I read about it, like it was like, um, yeah, all unsimulated sex. It was all real. So it was basically a, a, a an adult. It was a Basically, adult cinema. It's a porn. Yes. It's, yeah. At that point, you just made pornography and are pretending to for it not to be. I guess so. That is a uh, wild. Oh, uh, uh, also, of course, I'm watching The Mandalorian, and The Mandalorian is fucking great. So three episodes, three episodes two episodes, three episodes, in, three three episodes in, and uh, Mandalorian, fantastic. So, <laughs> uh, um, as far as video game goes, I'm I'm still playing uh, Red Dead Two right now. Um, but I also loaded uh, the disc, um, and I started playing a little bit of The Last of Us Part Two, which yeah. I've played The Last of Us um, Part One maybe thirteen or fourteen times. I've only played yeah. The Last of Us Part Two once. Yeah, uh, may, I might have. So I might have played it like a little bit um, again, like when I want, but not not really. Uh, so. Um. Without spoiling anything, I I uh, I enjoy the last of us, uh, part one. It's a fine game, but part two is affecting. It's a game I still I think about, like I said, to this day. 
And I think about different parts of it and different scenes of it and different characters in it to this very day. And uh, I find that much more interesting. And I can't, that ha- that's what has me even more excited for uh, season, season two. two of the show to see what they can draw out. Because like I said, Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann together made a wonderful show that was like a good book adaptation of, of you know, saying taken from the video game. So it's enough stuff from the video game to make you feel satisfied and satiated, but enough new stuff or enough perspective, different perspective to make you go, okay, I like that idea. I like that they made uh, Sam deaf. Yeah. That's a, that's a cool take. And even Neil Druckmann said, that's some shit I should have thought of. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, yeah, that, that, that things like that, where they, where they tweak some things in a way I'm like, yeah, man, I, 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 I'm down with the get down on that. Um, the Last of Us ended this past Sunday, and it ended. Me and Anthony had spoken like before this, and it ended so much like what he and I had discussed. That it was just like, well, it was almost anticlimactic because it was exactly what I said was going to happen, and that is basically they had established the week before that Joe is a killer, so don't push him, <laughs> and. uh we got that this week. We got to see that. But also what I told Anthony is, man, I hope we get, I hope we get to giraffes. Now, Anthony understands that because he's played the video game. I understand it because I played the video game. And when I got them giraffes, I almost cried. <laughs> it square got me in my, in my fucking chest. And I was just like, fucking yes, I get my giraffes. And then I see all over there and that people are like, the CG was terrible in the giraffes. CG was terrible in the giraffes. And I was like, them motherfucking the giraffes were real. real. They went to the zoo in Calgary, set up a blue screen behind it, and shot that giraffe for real. Uh, that is that is Pedro Pascal and uh, Bella Ramsey feeding that giraffe for real and having a good time acting with that giraffe. And it's amazing. It's a light. Most of the stuff in the background is definitely CG, but that giraffe up close and personal is a real-ass giraffe. I don't know its name, but I know it's a real-ass giraffe, and it's been fun to see the little videos that have come out and so forth of that uh, of that movie now what has been real fun for me has been watching the discourses people are like was that the right decision was the decision you would have made what do you feel about the way joe just what joe did and so forth and so on and i've i've thought this way since the end of the game of course joe did the right thing but i love that people who never played a video game and got got a real rude awakening was like Oh, y'all don't understand. He's a killer killer. <laughs> <laughs> Dropping old guns and picking up new guns. Pop, popping motherfuckers. Uh, somebody, what did, I was listening to, what was I listening to? Yo, is this racist today? And somebody, I think it was, uh, I think it was either Zig or uh, producer Kevin was like, he really got into his, his, his school shooter. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, ooh, that's fucked up. It's very fucked up, but it's also like, hey, man, y'all took his kid from him without any say, not allowing him to say goodbye, not allowing any kind of separation, not allowing consent. And that's a, that's an argument I've seen across the internet, in, uh, the internet, and that is informed consent for medical procedures. And the reality of it is, is a child under a certain age doesn't even have the ability to make informed consent. It would have to go through their parent, and they didn't discuss it with their parent and or guardian, in this case, Joel Miller. And uh, what they got in response to that was dead. It. And I didn't even think I would have this argument until now, but 
Marlene was her surrogate parent. She did give consent. I mean, but Marlene literally gave her away when she was a, when a, ba a baby and dropped her off at an orphanage. I mean, a military school, but an orphanage nonetheless. Yeah. She, she was her parent for uh, the distance it took her to get to that federal school. <laughs> she did not live with her. She did not have an ex a, a life, a lived experience with her. When she found her later in life, she kept her for uh, I think Joe's. Uh, I think they they established it was about three weeks. Okay, that's not that's that's not her parent or or guardian. True. I was I was just giving a uh, a yes and, but I hear you. Um, <laughs> what, one thing um, in that last episode that really uh not really yeah, that I loved that was like a ooh was the ladder and the pallets like. Pallets are um, not a, a huge part of the game, but like a significant part of the game. And ladders are a significant part of the game. And they finally yeah. like had a little, like that little mah to it, which I, I thought yeah, was great. Yeah. Like, um, I I love the game. Um, I love the show. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they will change because – Part two is so much more violent. Like, and and uh, Neil said he already. He said, "Get ready to see more infected in season two because people are complaining they didn't get enough infected." And I argue they had plenty of infected in my opinion. But I guess whatever people want more. Yeah, I don't. I kind of feel like, um, like if I had any complaint, it wouldn't be I didn't see enough zombies. Yeah, I mean that when, like, I watched uh, today. I think I'm not sure when they posted it, but um, HBO Max had um, the making of The Last of Us. Um, mm -hmm. It's like a 31 minute. Uh, I, I should have put that on the list. I watched that today. Um, nice. It was a, a 30 minute uh, making of, and like they, um, it when they go over to uh, when they're in Pittsburgh and you see the bloater. Um, yeah, like they go over that scene. I'm like, yes. Um, you don't you don't see um a lot of that, but at the same time, like what pushes the story is the chemistry between um Ellie and Joel, and yeah. that's what. I mean, yes, you know the bloaters and the clickers and stuff are cool, but at the same time, it's like. They are what pushes the story. That's what makes you fall in love with them. I'm, I'm, I'm quite sure yeah. somebody has some clicker tattoos and shit like that out there. But um, yeah, it ain't about that. It's, it, it's just like the the clickers are. I mean, a, a useful foil, I guess, to have. You know, what I'm saying well, you got to have something to fight against. But I feel like the reality of it is, is people are the bad guys yes. in, in in almost all zombie storytelling. The survivors are the people you have to worry about because they be on some wild shit. And that's why that's why I said it's a far more interesting tale to me than than the zombies. The zombie part of it is like, who cares? Yeah, but like th the upcoming stories um, are going to be extremely complicated, and will yeah. have you having so many different questions. Like, man, like that's what I mean. Honestly, as I play it again, I'll I'll have like probably like a a clearer. 
um, answer for myself, but like I didn't really like the ending of the game. Like I kind of mm. felt like remember that remember Bad Boys Two where like after they save Gabrielle Union, it's like a whole nother hour after that. That movie is Unkapachka. It's just far too much extra on top of yeah. that. Nobody had to go. You didn't have to go fight in Cuba. You could have wrapped it up when you saved Gabrielle Union. Yes. And The Last of Us Part Two has a similar bit of Ungapachka in that there's a whole lot extra that just doesn't have to be there. Yes. And so you are you are you are a thousand percent accurate on that on that tip, man. So it'd be cool to see what they cut out. Um, because yeah. I think I've seen your articles like he they they are gonna change some stuff. So yeah. um so we'll we'll see how it goes. I'm looking forward to a second season. Oh, I don't know how long that shit gonna take, but um But they're already they're already writing it. So I'm I'm, I'm hype off of that because that means if they're already in the midst of writing it, then maybe production can start early uh late this year, early next year. And uh hopefully that means we'll we, we would get it around this time of year in twenty twenty five. I know that seems so far away, but I know how time flies, and it just, it, you know what I'm saying, Lord willing, I will all be here to enjoy that. Yeah. Um, as always, like I said, I, I constantly watch uh, YouTube reactions to it, and uh, another reaction channel popped up my, on my on my my my, uh, my homepage on YouTube. Uh, it suggested, and it was uh, the page is LM Reactions, and there's, there's two uh, young ladies there from Serbia. And uh, they are watching it, and they 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 they're starting from scratch. So they just they they just put up their second episode of them watching The Last of Us. They've been watching other shows and stuff like that. There, of course, the Truth Doctor show I told you is the therapist, and I put that in the notes last week. Show notes last week is the therapist who watches The Last of Us and gives that that kind of perspective. And then I noticed in my in my like I said on my little homepage another there's another uh there's another therapist who's like watching it from that perspective. I'm like, I already got somebody for that. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, like you said, uh, uh, Good Mythical Morning, uh, uh, as well as my, in my YouTube formula, of course, uh, Kind of Funny Games Daily, Kind of Funny uh, Breaks Down. Oh, so they they had a good week of her. Uh, so they had been breaking down every week to la- The Last of Us, but they also ended up doing a spoiler, a full spoiler cast with Neil Druckmann. Mm. So both of those came out Monday. They did the, their regular uh, recap uh like Monday morning and then Monday afternoon, they got, they got on the phone with Neil, you know, on the, on the zoom call, whatever with Neil Druckmann. And they have done spoiler cast with Neil about both games and a lot of other Naughty Dog stuff. So they, they know Neil, mm-hmm. Neil's like the homie. And in fact, he talked about how uh, at one, at, at one point, Greg Miller, who uh, is the CEO of kind of funny and a, a host over kind of funny and a WWE for that matter. And, uh, suggested a particular video game maker. They were going to make a little short, like a prequel story that basically would have talked about Ellie's mom. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and they had a game company they they were working with with it, and it just didn't work work itself out. And they never said what the game company was and stuff like that. But I think that would have been dope. There's also some list of comics out there, I guess, that you could read. There's some stories to be had there, so you can kind of know a little more of, of Ellie's backstory via some comic books. So that's all kinds of interesting things that you you know can find out if you want to delve yourself deeper into the, the Last of Us. But also, I just tell you, like, and Ant would say, play the games. Just some of the greatest video games ever made in general. But also, if you love this story and don't feel like waiting, 
<laughs> for like what happens next then uh, you might as well go ahead and just grab your part two or play through part one first or just go to youtube and watch watch a walkthrough because they're available see i yeah some people do uh, some people probably do do that but I, I i'm of course a gamer so of course i'm going to tell you to play the game but at any rate you can you can go watch a, 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 a let's play and be just fine yeah because so. I, I think um like there's options on like if, if when you beat the game you can just watch watch uh watch the story play out but yeah um yeah if, if you don't want to play the game which you know we both encourage that you do but um just watch yeah. a walkthrough of it um i'm a, i'm gonna put in the show notes uh three different uh reaction channels or whatever it's these black ladies they had watched the whole series and they was a delight to watch every week. I promise you they were so fun to watch and how they love this story and uh and, and so forth. So they we got this a couple of black ladies. So I, I so I'm gonna give you four. I'm gonna give you four. Because this one is just these it's these two black ladies and one is three black and the other one is three black ladies, and this other is these two Serbian girls, and then the one is of course the uh the therapist. So I'm gonna give you a link to every one of their their uh, uh various uh I'll try to give you uh each one of their episode ones, and you can decide if you want to watch more of that. I'll put that in uh, in the notes because, like, those are some of the people I have I've learned of from uh, wa- watching these uh, recaps, and think I would like to continue to watch because, the, like I said, the three black ladies they they are, are recapping Mandalorian every week, okay, which is super fun, you know. So it's a real delight, and like I said, if I, we we trying to make sure we share share with you guys our uh, our YouTube picks as well, so. Every time we intend to do a shorter show because there's less of us, we still do a long. <laughs> I just looked down at that clock and I'm like, how did that happen? <laughs> uh, anything else? That? No. All right. Then let's go ahead and stick a fork in this one. You know what it is. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share the show wherever possible. Uh, hit us up. Uh, two and six. Two six four six three one one. That's two and six. Two six four six three eleven. We'd certainly love to hear from you. We are very nearly 10 years old. We've been doing this for almost 10 years and I am excited for that. But, but because of that, uh, we are uh, trying to reach out to, to uh, across the board. If you got somebody you think you want us to fuck with, let us know, let them know. And uh, we will do our best to make it a point to, uh, to reach out with them. And hopefully before, um, um, before May, when we hit uh, a 10, we will have uh, interacted and, uh, and kicked with people. So, we got some uh, some some guests coming down the pike, and I'm hype. I'm hyped for that. And just in general, like I said, I want to work with more people, and I want to try to get down with more local uh, podcasts. Just because uh, got to look out for each other, and I got to look out for the city of Cleveland because it's it's what I call home, and uh, even in podcast form. So that's what's up with that. Our missing man is Lunchbox two zero nine hour. Please send him some love. I feel like he needs it, and that's okay to do. Uh, that is Anthony Animal Thug Tatum. Hello and good night. <laughs> I am the Internet Saver Seven Thirteen. You have just been podcast two, and I know you loved it. We will catch you next time. Peace, peace. What happened to your ass? It used to be beautiful.